Well, the Royals may have held on to that three-run lead. Congratulations. Uh, earlier in the week. Congratulations, Kansas last City. last night, Chris Ranji, the Cardinals win. got it done at Bush Stadium, <laughs> knocking off the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. That wasn't the right call. No. We'll clean it up here in the fast lane where it is 2.05. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's do this, Ranj. So what was the final last night then? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are we sure we don't have it the audio cut. Are you sure it wasn't 3 nothing Kansas City I, well, last night? I'm really confident it wasn't 3-0 did, Kansas City. Did, did the Royals In win fact, last night again? The Royals did win. It wasn't even close to 3-0. It was 8-7 eight eight seven seven. over okay. the Tigers. All right. Well, it whatever. Was a hey, barn burner. Hey, Cardinals win 4-2. The magic yes, number do. is uh is down. I it is it's down. Two. Oh, I don't think is it two? They needed three wins. Okay. Over the weekend against Milwaukee and then they're in. Well, I well they got one of them. We one talked to go. We talked yesterday about confidence. Confidence level going in. And I said, "Uh, I'm about a 3." I don't feel great. I definitely thought they were going to lose last night to Corbin Burns. Not to make fun of somebody's injury, but fortunately he got a little banged up. Dylan Carlson took advantage of it right before he left the game. And the Cardinals took full opportunity of a Milwaukee team that was getting shut down by KK. And this was Milwaukee's best pitcher. We talked about Corbin Burns being a fringe Cy Young contender. Dylan Carlson took him deep. They got themselves a lead. Never looked back. Andrew Miller shuts the door down. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, Bob's your uncle. That's, that's right. That's it. It's an Fortune old. Uh, it's an old wor- it's a term from England. So now, yeah, my confidence level, Chris Ranji, yes, is in that through the roof. Is at an eleven. Let me tell you this right now. Um, Cardinals aside, like the entire team aside, Dylan Carlson. I want to talk about him in just a moment here. Okay, I want to make sure that we get to what he's done, um, how good he looks. I mean, he's struck out a bit more than I would like him to strike out, but the dude looks really good right now. He looks confident. He looks comfortable. This Cardinals team, as we talked about before, desperately needing a hero in the final games of the season, uh, the final week of the season, I hope he is emerging. And it gives me the confidence in this team that they're going to go on and and make it to the postseason. We talked about that a lot yesterday. Your confidence level was at a 3 out of 10. I think it's, it's through the roof now, as it should be. I they was won in the, the first game. That's the that's the difference. Yeah, and I was at like a five or a six. I was in that range. And part of it is I just don't think the Brewers are very good. The Cardinals pitching is good enough to get them through this regular season. Forget about the, the actual playoffs and what will happen when they get there. I don't know yet. Don't know what that's going to look like. But I think this team is good enough to get there. They're, there's not enough time on the calendar, really, for Milwaukee to do something here. It, 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 the math is in the favor of the Cardinals. After taking that one last night, the magic number is at four, I believe, which means all they have to do is win twice. You win two games today, you win one today, or you win one tomorrow, whatever it is, and you're in the postseason. And I would, by the way, love to avoid having to play an extra game on Monday or two. That would be phenomenal if the Cardinals can get into the playoffs without having to play a couple of extra games in a few days. For a team that has been seemingly on gas, and rightfully so, based on how much they've had to play over the last couple of weeks, what you just said cannot be overstated. They need that day off on Monday and not have to play and not tax more arms because, as we discussed yesterday, that's likely – a Johnny Holstaff game, all bullpen, one guy gets one inning, 
next guy, next guy up an inning. You want to avoid that going into the postseason. They're already going to be at a disadvantage because of the lack of runs, because of all the baseball that have played. they've played. One game, you may, you may think to yourself, well, one game, what does that matter? One game with this team, it would, it would significantly hurt you from a bullpen standpoint. Well, here's what it would turn into, because you're already going to get the off day on Tuesday. The wild card rounds begin for the National League uh, on Wednesday. So it'll be a Wednesday, Thursday, if necessary, a game on Friday. So you're already going to have Tuesday off. There's a huge benefit to having two days off in a row, especially for a team that has not been off since the ninth. If you can get that extra two days... Uh, so if you take care of business before you get to Sunday, you're in such a good position. You can let everybody have some rest. I mean, think about Yadier Molina, who, by the way, got his, and we're not even talking about pitching now, but Yadi, who got his 2,000th hit last night, which we'll talk about. Congratulations. Sure. Awesome moment for him. I, I, And, again, I think we've pretty much solidified his Hall of Fame candidacy, or at least I hope. But this team has been banged up, and he is an example of that. The guy's been hit on the wrist twice. And I know getting hit on the wrist by a baseball bat and then a ball, like having a couple of days off isn't all the difference in the world, but at least it's something. It's just he seems to be like a really perfect encapsulation of how exhausted and how beat up they probably are at this point of the year. It'd be great to give him a couple of days off. It'd be great to give a lot of guys in the bullpen a couple of days off. It would be great to give the Cardinals an opportunity to line things up the way they really want to line them up in terms of the rotation going into a wild card round. So my hope is they're able to take care of business. If they can do it today, that would be that would be just fantastic, and hopefully by tomorrow at least. So the Cardinals have a doubleheader today. First game's at 4:15. Yeah. Jack Flaherty's going to take them out. We know that Jack Flaherty doesn't have great numbers against Milwaukee. He's coming off a very rough start against the Brewers. I nevertheless have the utmost confidence that Flaherty will pitch well in game one. He's eighth in strikeout percentage, ninth in K to nine percentage, seventh in XFIP, which is a metric that encompasses how a guy could could produce. Yeah. And ballpark. Without, without the, the defensive ball. Exactly. So, yeah. bottom line is the, the numbers might go in one ear and out the other. Jack Flaherty has pitched well. I don't know if Milwaukee maybe tips his pitches against the, the Brewers or something. Whatever. He should pitch well despite Milwaukee's numbers against him. That, though, you, you went in last night against Milwaukee's ace at least for this season. You managed to win that one. Kim pitched well. You have Flaherty and Wainwright still left to go in this series. So you may ask, well, how can you go from a 3 to an 11? And I'm exaggerating a little bit on the confidence level. But that was the one that I was worried about. If you lose that one last night, it sets the table. Yeah. Flaherty and Wainwright notwithstanding, it sets the table where now you're you're trying to win – Three out of out of your final four games against a team that also pitches well and plays pretty pretty good defense. We talked all year long, Ronge, about the margin of error being razor thin for this team. You don't want to go into four games, your final four games, needing to win three, and and then even then potentially playing on Monday. It, it would have been ugly, but you won last night. The pressure is off a little bit. 
and things set up well from a pitching standpoint. Well, and what should have happened is you've put a lot more pressure on the Brewers to have to win. Right. They absolutely have to win. Now they now they don't have much of a margin for error. They have no breathing room at all. The, the Brewers just they, they flat have to win ball games, and they have to do it quickly. And that's where the Cardinals are right now. By winning that first game of the series, and I don't want to overstate how big of a deal it is, but it's kind of a big deal to get that one out of the way. I mean, you're, you, if you're now Milwaukee, you just you, you can't really afford to lose here in the last couple of days, and that's 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 all they've got. So I think just by virtue of taking that first game, Cardinals have set themselves up very nicely. It would take some devastating baseball, like it, on their end, in order for this to work out poorly for them. They're just in really good position right now. The math is in their favor. That's Chris Ron, Jim Anthony Stalters, the fast lane on 101 ESPN. You might be wondering where Brad Thompson is. He's on the call today, Fox Sports Midwest, of the doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Brewers. So he'll be back on Monday. Want to get into Dylan Carlson next. We joke about him being the savior, but there is some truth to that when you look at not only the lack of offense that the Cardinals have, but the fatigue factor that we continue to talk about. So why could Dylan Carlson be a huge piece offensively for this team? That's next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. With Chris Ronji, I'm Anthony Stalter. We're at Ballpark Village right across from Bush Stadium ahead of today's doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Brewers. It's a fantastic day at Budweiser Brewhouse. Exactly. Downtown in St. Louis here, and it's a, it's a perfect fall day. Oh, this is great. It really is. I love this weather. No humidity, just, uh, you know, perfect. So it's, it's almost 80 degrees, but not quite. So game one today between the Cardinals and the Brewers, and you got Jack Flaherty going, and Dylan Carlson, I would imagine. Oh! oh, oh. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. I was just getting ready to say Dylan Carlson, I imagine, would be in the lineup. He today. better be in the lineup. And you All know right. what that sounder means. Yeah, that means it's the lineup game. It's every, it's America's favorite segment. It's the lineup game brought to you by the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. All right, Ron, you Cha-ching! ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh, what are we going to do today? Six, seven, eight, nine. We got seven yesterday. I think we, we did said get it, seven. I think we keep it at seven. It's a doubleheader day. Remember that. How does the first one change? Oh, that's first, a good question. first one I feel like will be okay. Second one. The, the, the nor- normally, we've had issues with the I second game of the doubleheader. You put your best lineup out there, game one. Agreed. It's wind day. You got Flaherty it's on win- the hill. Yeah, it, so. it is wind day. So, do you just make absolutely sure you win? You got Flaherty going. You put your best lineup, which I don't even know what that really is. <laughs> uh, Matt you Carpenter, put, clean up. Matt Carpenter. Okay. Do you have to. No, I'm just. You know, this is a feel-good Friday. I'm what sorry. Are you really doing? I'm sorry. What are you doing? I'm sorry. All right. Let's get okay. it on here. All right, let's go. Uh, let's Colton not Wong. overthink it. Colton Wong. Show us Colton Wong. Okay. All righty. That's one. Uh, Tommy Edmond Tommy hit Edmund. second. Show us Tommy Edmond. Okay. Goldie. I think it's Paul Goldschmidt. Nah. What do you mean? Uh, isn't it a day off all year? Show us Paul Goldschmidt. Trying to win today, man. What no, is he talking about? No days off. No days right, so off. Last night it was Carpenter. It was. Spot. It can't be again. He was 0 for 3 last night, though he did uh, draw a walk. Every time you it's say Brad that. Miller. You think it's Brad Miller? I think it's Brad Miller. I don't think it's, I think Brad Miller's been struggling now for weeks, despite the double mm. in Kansas City, and I wonder if he's even in the lineup. Well, he okay, so. He so was, do you think it is Pauly? 
I think it's Matt Carpenter. There's no way oh. today. It can't be Carpenter. Wait, again. no, it's it's a lefty today. Game one, game one, I believe is is uh, Sutter. Correct? Is it Sutter or Suter? Suter, Sutter. It's, it's one T, I believe. Yes, it is. I think he's a lefty, so it's probably not Carpenter. So yes, it's probably Paul DeYoung. Let me see here. You think it's Paul DeYoung? That that's a good bet. Let's go Paul DeYoung cleaning up against uh, Lindblom. No, no, no. That's that's he's that's that's game two. I thought. No, that's game one. Son of a. It's Ponce. Oh, man. Hold on a no, second. No, no, it's Flair- Flaherty's it's Flaherty. game one. It's wind day, Ronj. Come, Come on, on. Ronj. Jerks. Up. Jerks. I'm looking at the Cardinals website right now. They have first pitch, 415 Central, Lindblom, Ponce, De Leon. I'm looking at it right here. Well, what does the Cardinals website know? I would hope the, the lineup. I would hope. Uh, all right. I'm going. Look, we're going DeYoung regardless. Let's go DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. Thank you. There you go. I told you. All right. This is a spot for Yachty, typically. Yeah, he's been hitting fifth. He hit fifth last night. He has been. Uh, let's go with Yadier Molina, Mr. 2000. Okay. Okay. So we're five for five. That's I think we're doing Wong, well. Edmund, Goldschmidt, DeYoung, Molina. Sixth spot. So Brad Miller hit there last night. Well, let's go Brad Miller then. Let's keep, do that. Keep the same. Schilt likes to keep the same lineup. Yeah, if it won, let's go with the the, the winning lineup, Brad Miller. Shows Brad Miller. Okay. Mm, man. All right. Okay, so good. what are our options here? We got O'Neal, Fowler, Carlson. Do you move Carlson up? Could it be Ravello? No. Well, Ravello has been hitting sixth when Miller is not in. Didn't he move Fowler up a couple of days ago? No, Fowler hit eighth last night. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think it's Ravello. I would. I think it'd be. I think it'd be O'Neill over Ravello. O'Neill over Ravello. Okay. In uh, the sixth spot. All right. Let's go, Tyler O'Neill. He didn't start last night. Maybe he starts today. Show us Tyler O'Neill. Oh man. All right. I'm going to say Ravello here. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Ron Hell Ravello. Okay. I knew I was wrong. Okay, we we get this is this is where we really have to think about who Mike Schilt loves the most. Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. <laughs> Will you stop with that? Carpenter, Fowler, those are his guys. And every time we're struggling, we've been doing the lineup game for a while now, and every time we've been struggling with a spot, it's usually Carpenter, Fowler, or somebody else that he loves. Edmonds up there too, but Edmonds hitting second. All right, Matt Carpenter, he's hitting sixth tonight. Wow, Fowler. It's not Dexter Fowler. Show us Dexter Fowler. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Okay. Got to remember that logic. All right. So Wong. (laughs) Pick everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Run down the roster. At some point, we'll get it. Okay, so 7, 8, 9. This is is where we can take stock of what we think. Let's recap. Wong, Edmund, Goldschmidt, DeYoung. uh, Molina. Molina, Fowler. Yes. That's where we are right now. Hey, can we celebrate the fact that there is no outfielder hit, or that there is at least one outfielder not, not hitting, hitting seven, eight, seven eight or nine? It's an accomplishment. That's, it is. That's Big a, time. Feel good Friday, boys. B- okay, so Bader, Carlson, O'Neal. Carlson might, hit last last there night. Might be, he hit correct. Nine. There might be uh, an outfielder that's hitting. Oh, I see. There what you're is. Saying. There's. It was seven eight nine. You know, for the it longest still might time. be seven eight nine too, though. Fowler? No, Fowler's in. Fowler's sixth, right? Fowler is hitting sixth, yes. Yeah, but we don't have a DH right now. Carpenter, we don't yeah. have Carpenter, and we don't have yeah. Maybe, maybe don't Miller. Don't you ran got, on my parade. Hold on. Did Miller get 
did Miller get pushed down again in the order? Is he, he down at seven? I think he got pushed out. Is he pushed down or pushed out? Pushed out. All right. I think Carlson's in the lineup. I think Bader's in the lineup. I keep saying Tyler O'Neill, so I'll die on that hill. Okay. I think, I think those are your final three. I don't. Know, I just don't know what order. What do you think? All right. Well, I would think O'Neill would hit first of all of them. I would think he would hit seventh. Show us Tyler O'Neill. Told you. What did you What did you tell me? Uh, that I, the opposite <laughs> of what just happened. That's what show, I told. Show us Dylan Carlson. How about that? No way. Oh, wow. wow! They moved him up to seven. Okay. He hit the bomb last. Okay. Okay. Hey. All right. I'm going O'Neal and Bader. All right. Let's go Tyler O'Neal hitting eighth. Oh! And hitting ninth, Harrison Bader. So we got seven? We got eight. Hey. No, seven. No, we got seven, seven. right. Yeah. By the way, seven. Ponce is the starter of game two. Thank you. Okay, then the Cardinals' website is Well, the Cardinals' incorrect. Twitter is correct. Okay. Ponce will start as game two. He's the 29th man. Jack goes game one. Okay. And who's going for Milwaukee? Lindblom? I'm just I'm, – I'm showing you what I'm showing you, Ronch. It's right there. Okay, well, I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm pointing at the Cardinals' way. I'm not saying well, you're wrong. The Cardinals got it wrong somewhere. Some Somebody within the Cardinals uh, – I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying I'm right. It was probably BT. Do you probably. think he's? I don't think he's running the website. I think today it was is. probably Mike Schilt who still hates the lineup. Probably. Oh, he does hate. The Speaking lineup of game. which, Colton Wong leading off, uh, playing second. Tommy Edmond playing third, hitting in the second spot. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting third as always, playing first. Paul DeYoung in the cleanup spot, playing short. Yachty behind the plate, hitting fifth. Dexter Fowler is your DH today. Dexter Fowler's DHing. He's hitting sixth. Dylan Carlson's back and right. He's hitting seventh, so he got moved up. Tyler O'Neill is your eighth place hitter. He is playing left field. And Harrison Bader is playing center, and he's hitting ninth. I retract my previous statement. How about that? About wow. about what? The outfield. Seven, eight, nine. Oh. Saying, they're oh, they're still chugging on strong, boys. So. So DH, Dexter Fowler's DHing. I like yeah. that outfield defensively. I mean, yeah. we, could joke, we could joke about the fact that there's hitting seventh, eighth. 7th, 8th, and 9th, and that's not great. But Dylan Carlson in right, Harrison Bader in center, and Tyler O'Neill in left, that's a that's a strong defensive outfield. And I'd uh, rather have Fowler DHing. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with the with the defense. I don't think you're going to lose much there. Um, in fact, you're not going to lose anything at all. That's what? your be In fact, that's your best defensive lineup. Tommy Edmonds at third. I would agree yeah. with that. Wong, Goldschmidt, and DeYoung fill out your, your the rest of your infield with Yachty behind the plate. Dexter Fowler's your DH, and from left to right, you got O'Neill, Bader, and Dylan Carlson. That's your best defensive lineup. I Fowler's your best DH option. Correct. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, <laughs> really? right? With Brad Miller, Brad Miller has not raked. I mean, if you really look at his last 20 or so plate appearances, he, he has not raked. Yeah, he's had some trouble. Yeah. All right, we got to get to Barrett Jones. We're, we're going to go a lot of baseball in the first half leading up to game one today, but – we're going to take a, a timeout from the baseball and talk about college football. Barrett Jones, former Ram, played at Alabama, knows Nick Saban obviously very well. I'm interested to talk to Barrett Jones about the way that Nick Saban's preparation could have been affected heading into their first game, which is tomorrow against Mizzou. Barrett Jones next here on 101 ESPN. 
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Chris Ranji. I'm Anthony Salter. No Brad Thompson today as he is, he's, as he's, is on the Fox Sports Midwest broadcast with Dan McLaughlin ahead of game one today between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Joining us right now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line is Barrett Jones, former Rams offensive lineman, for, former Alabama offensive lineman, does tremendous work now as, a, as an analyst, and he's going to be on the, on the call this weekend for – Actually, I'm sorry. He's he has yeah he has Florida and, and Ole Miss. Yeah, he's on the call for that. So, Bear, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're we're trying to work through some technical difficulties. So hopefully, we can hear you. But uh, Barrett, do you have us? If you do, we can't hear you. So we'll try to get Barrett back on the line here, or maybe Barrett's hearing us, but we don't hear Barrett. Yeah, I don't uh, hear anything. Part right of a now. remote broadcast, Ron. Sometimes you have some. Some de- technical so, yeah. difficulties. You know what, though, and it happens? Yeah. But you know what, though? Here's how I feel about it. I'm fine with it. You know why? Why? Because I'm sitting outdoors in gorgeous weather, mm-hmm. gorgeous St. Louis late September weather, and I'm looking at a beautiful ballpark right now. Yes, you are. I'm looking at Bush Stadium. Where the Cardinals are going to play not one but two. Two games today. A couple of games Probably today. about 45 yards away. Roughly. I would say. Yeah. Well, All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, we, we got interrupted. Gladly so. By the lineup game, but I, I did want to talk about Dylan Carlson. If we get a chance to talk to Barrett Jones, great. Uh, okay, let's try to let's try to go back to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Barrett, do, do you have us? I do. How, how we doing, guys? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, sorry, Barrett. Yeah, okay, we, we got you now. We, we do now. We're working through okay. some technical difficulties. We, we do apologize, hey. uh, but Barrett, we know that you're you're not on the call of Missouri and Alabama. You're you're on the call of Florida and Ole Miss. But when you think about your former coach, Nick Saban, at Alabama, I, I, I wonder about the preparation because you know better than anybody, he is uh, incredible when it comes to attention to detail. But given the pandemic and the shortened practices, how much do you think preparation was impacted for Saban and Alabama as they get ready for Mizzou tomorrow night? Well, first of all, guys, let me just say that I'm getting ready to uh, call Alabama – excuse me – uh, Ole Miss versus Florida, and then a back-to-back with Steelers-Texans uh, on Sunday, and I'm doing them both from home. Uh, so, you know, the, tef- the technical difficulties in times of COVID are just something you got to roll with, you know. So I- I'm-, I'm getting my mind right for that. Uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be different. I'm going to have a lot of uh, monitors and cameras everywhere around me, uh, but it should be a blast, and I'm just uh, grateful that college football is back because, you know, what, it's going to be a-, uh, a lot of fun getting to watch an SEC football Saturday. Uh, to answer your question, I do think that the preparation will certainly you know, be affected. Obviously, it affected everyone, uh, some teams in different ways due to how many guys they had uh, that were that were on COVID or excuse me, that had COVID and had to had to uh, go down for two weeks. I do think it favors you know people that are more experienced. You know, one of Nick Saban's uh, major things that he says to his team all the time are is control what you can control. You know, and so I know that will be as much to the team. Is uh, you know we didn't have as much preparation, but let's just focus on uh, controlling the elements that we can control and uh, leave everything else uh, alone and not worry about it. Play another Power Five team that is ranked, and they still wind up destroying them because Saban, you give him two plus months to figure out every every weakness of that opponent, you're probably going to get pummeled. Not that they didn't have the same 
amount of time to prepare off the field. But when you're going through a pandemic and you're going through truncated off-season workouts, I don't know how spring practice was for Alabama. I would imagine that it was cut short or interrupted. And Mizzou or not, who's got their own issues with COVID players on COVID-19 and the COVID-19 list and all that, I'm still very interested to see if Alabama comes out and looks like Alabama often does in week one. Well, the thing is, against a team like Mizzou now, who's going to have all those guys missing because of their COVID stuff, as you mentioned, you're going to have some offensive linemen missing. I, I can't imagine that they would be in any better position than Alabama is. So I, I look at it this way. They're both working from the position of not having as much practice as they would like to. But Alabama's talent is so good, right. and their coaching is so good that it's almost like I don't I don't think that it's going to be an equalizer in any way for for Mizzou. Like they're they're going to have a difficult time tomorrow, yeah. and I I would imagine that it's not going to be close. I know that line is is it three 20, scores? Yeah, it's like twenty seven and a half. So don't get don't get it twisted. Right. not you, but you in general. Don't get it twisted about what I'm saying. Alabama right. still has the talent, the coaching, the depth, all that. But I just wonder how they're going to look this year in Week One compared to years past. Well, yeah, I mean, if uh, I, I suppose if you're going up against um, somebody who's actually really good right now in Week One, those no, those weaknesses or that lack of preparation might be glaring. I just don't think it's going to happen in this one. Yeah. I I would like to think that Mizzou can hang in for at least a half and maybe into a third quarter. Right. Maybe they can do that, but I they're going to be missing too many people. They're not going to have the amount of practice. Their coach has not been there long enough to get to really truly know all of his players I mean I, he knows the guys but there's a difference when you got a new coach coming in who isn't allowed to have the amount of practice or the amount of time that he would normally want to have with his players going into his first game with that program right. I think it's going to be a really difficult day for them tomorrow and it's nothing it's nothing against them or against him it's just it, it's a very unusual circumstance yeah without really grading them even even when we talk about the Mizzou Bama game on Monday yeah without really grading them I am interested in to see how that offense looks because that offense really struggled over the last couple of years and various reasons for that but now they have a guy in Eli Drinkwitz and it's going to take a while and without the offense most of the offensive line the starters at least playing it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to really say, well, boy, the offense looks better than it did a year ago. But just from a, uh, a structure standpoint, formations, how they open things up, how they, how they attack Alabama from a game-planning standpoint, I am interested in that. Eli Drinkwood's had excellent offenses at every level that, that he has coached on, latest being Appalachian State. And while Appalachian State has slowly grown into one of those programs that if you're a Power 5 team, you don't want to face in week one. because Michigan will tell you. Michigan will tell you. I was, I was there that day. I mean, Were you it, actually? Yeah. Yep, I was there. I was, I was actually in the Appalachian State parents group. Like We oh, bought boy. the tickets last minute, and we wound up in that. But that was, that was wild. But that Appalachian State, the one that took on Michigan that day, heading in, I mean, Michigan was a massive favorite. Now we know App- Appalachian State – now we know them to be the team that, that the program that has, from a talent standpoint, can 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 with some of the lower level Power Five teams. All right, we're at Ballpark Village, right outside Bush Stadium, ahead of today's doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Our apologies to uh, Bear Jones having some technical difficulties, but we'll continue to work through them out here.
let's talk about Dylan Carlson. I think I teased it once, went back to it. I teased it. You even teased it. Let's talk about Dylan Carlson and what his impact could have on this offense. We joked about him being the savior. Well, honestly, what if he the offense? We'll talk about Dylan Carlson next. Dylan Carlson went two for four with an RBI double and a two-run home run last night to help the Cardinals edge out the Brewers four to two. What if he is the savior? Chris Ranji, Anthony Stalter, it's a fast lane. We're live at Ballpark Village right across the street from Bush Stadium. And Ranji, uh, again, we, we've we've been joking about, well, hey, look, look, he is the savior. But here's here's kind of the perspective on this, right? The, the Cardinals offense, as we know, isn't good. Paul Goldschmidt has been the one and only steady presence from the from game one to what we're going to see today in the doubleheader. Brad Miller has had his spurts. He has cooled off. Paul DeYoung has had his moments. He looks like he's fatigued, maybe running out of gas. It's it's what we saw with DeYoung a year ago, unfortunately. Matt Carpenter, we've, we've seen some spurts out of him, but look, he's obviously not going to be a consistent threat in the middle of the lineup. Same thing for Colton Wong as, as a leadoff hitter. He's had his spurts. Dexter Fowler, very good before he got hurt. Now he's back, and he's got to get back into a rhythm. It's not – we're, we're joking to say he's Dylan Carlson could be the savior, but in all reality, this offense could look a hell of a lot different if it's Paul Goldschmidt and then Dylan Carlson, who's hitting seventh today, if, if you've got two threats even in this lineup heading into the postseason. We're not going to say, yeah, they're going to win the World Series, but this offense does take on a, a – a different tone if Carlson's doing what he did last night. Well, and first of all, let's look at it this way. You only need it for a short spurt. Exactly. If, if everything goes really well for the Cardinals, you need it for about a month. There's about a month worth of time that you need a guy to get hot. You know Goldschmidt can do that for you over the course of a month. He's Paul Goldschmidt. He doesn't need an introduction. He doesn't need you to qualify him. But Carlson's a little bit of a different case. I think ultimately he's going to be a really good, really productive player. I'm not talking about the Hall of Fame or anything, but he's somebody who can impact games. I think that's what he will ultimately end up being. If you dig into some of the numbers now, and you don't have to look very far to see the fact that he's still in the month of September, so coming back from um, being sent down and now he's back up with the team, he's striking out about a third of the time. Not a great number. You'd like to see that come down a whole lot more. You, you don't want him to come up to the plate every time and strike out one out of every three at-bats that he gets. That's not good. But if he's productive with the other ones, that's perfectly fine, especially in a short run like they're going to have here. You can get away with a guy striking out that much at that kind of rate over the course of a month if he's still getting the extra base hits. If the, if the ISO is really good for him, which it has been, last night a double, also hitting the home run, hitting the ball hard, in fact. I mean, of all the guys on the team last night, uh, he had two hard, hard balls, two balls uh, classified as hard hit. Compared to everybody else, I think there were like three other who had one hard hit ball on the night. So he's making solid contact when he is making contact, and that's a very good sign. He's probably the only guy other than Goldschmidt who's actually capable of going on a month or so long run of really productive baseball. There's nobody else that I would pick to do it. We were talking about that hero last week. Who's it going to be? Who could it be? Aside from Paul Goldschmidt, you think, do you honestly think it could be Harrison Bader? No. You think it could be Dexter Fowler? No. 
I mean, I guess anything's I mean, po- uh, anything's Fowler, possible. Yeah. But would you would you pick that? No. Maybe Matt Carpenter if he just I, I don't know if he just finds something over the course of five weeks. Yeah. Maybe, but I'm not counting on that from him. If if there are if there are two guys on this roster in this lineup that are capable of going on an absolute tear. Goldschmidt's number one, and I think Carlson has the potential to be number two, even though he's a rookie. Don't get it twisted. Don't don't say, oh well, you, you know, you guys are, you guys are talking. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on the rookie. It is. That's a different conversation. We're talking about, and you just you just hit a you just hit it. We're talking about somebody else that could hit a home run. That that could that could go gap to gap. Hit a couple of key doubles for you. That that's what we're talking about. I don't give a crap about the strikeouts. This isn't a high strikeout team, anyways. They weren't a year ago. Right. How'd that offense? I'm so sick and tired of hearing people. Yeah, hey, you know they get on base at a decent clip. They don't strike out. Who gives a crap? You're not producing runs. Now, don't if, show me the labor. Show me the baby. Out. Oh, right. Ahead. You got it. Now, who said it? Andrew Brandt. That's correct. Okay. Meat was ready to jump in there. If you are a team that can get on base at a consistent and you hit home runs and you hit doubles, now we're talking. If you're a team that drives up the pitch count and gets a, has a high walk rate and a low strikeout rate but doesn't do anything else, it's kind of a moot point. Right. You're not putting yourself at second base or at third, which is – Instant run opportunities, or forget second and third, just touch some seats, and those are actual runs. I would rather have the team that strikes out at a decent clip, but four or five guys hit consistent home runs or doubles. And I know that's a little, oh, well, you're talking about launch angle, and but you know what? No, I'm talking about instant run production. Last time I checked, runs were the thing that help you win ball games as well as, obviously, suppressing runs. Where did you get that? Oh, I, I think it's part of the game. I don't know. I, you know what? If you score more runs Anthony, than the other team, Ron, you usually win. Anthony, that's up for Ding. debate. That's up for debate. Uh, but I'm going to let you have it right now. Thank you. I don't care how they do it. I, I really don't. And I think that's the bottom line. If they get on base and they end up scoring a bunch of runs, and this is what you're saying, right. if you do all that, awesome. What's the bottom line? Are you scoring or are you not? Typically, they have you, not been scoring. No, over the and, last and, year plus. And I, I know that there's a there's an argument. Well, there's a conversation to be had about whether or not modern baseball is better. Like if baseball is better now that it's a it's almost home run or nothing, home run, strikeout, or walk. It may not be as entertaining as the old hit and run, getting on base. Um, manufacturing a run somehow. I understand that that may not be as exciting, but that is the way to win. It's the way to do it right now. And it's great the Cardinals get on base, but what are they doing with the guys once they get them on base? Are they getting them into scoring position often enough? And the answer to that question is no. They're getting on base at a pretty good clip, but they're not getting to second base enough. And when you get to second base, that's how you end up getting runs home yeah. because a base hit can bring that guy in. A single is not going to bring in a guy from first unless there's an error. 
Right. You know, and and that that tends to be what this offense is. They're yeah, they get they get a hit now and then. It's they get two a, steps instead of one. Right. You 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 have got to get runners into scoring position. They don't do it often enough, and when they do. Their numbers aren't good driving in those runs. Correct. So you know what helps all of those things? Hitting balls in the gap. Get a, get a bunch of doubles. Get a bunch of home runs. When you do stuff like that, you're that kind of offense, then you score a bunch of runs, and then you end up winning ball games. The, the issue is it's not, and I know people are going to want to go to Jeff Albert, Jeff Albert. This is not a hitting coach problem. This is a personnel problem. This is a lineup problem. They don't have enough good hitters on this team. Right. And you know what? Jeff Albert, at the end of the day, the Cardinals will decide whether or not he he is a problem. But I agree with you. He could be a problem. Yeah, he's not the The problem. problem. And the other thing, too, and you and I, uh, we, we even fail to talk about this sometimes. We're talking about the approach and hitting more home runs and whether or not you brought up is that better? Is that worse? A lot of, lot of, we'll call them old school, baseball purists. They don't like it. They, they'd rather see the hit and run, all that stuff. I'd rather see that as well. I, I'm, I'm fine with, not, not. I, I, let me take that back. I, I want to see the whole collection mm-hmm. of an offense, a team not that can do multiple thing. things exactly. Yeah. But the thing that I was going to say in terms of us even failing to bring up, what else does it do if you're like, hey, you know, we're, we, we've got a lot of power. It forces you to go out and look for power hitters as opposed to trying to seek out guys that can simply get on base. Because that's what the Cardinals have. They've got a collection of guys that can get on base at at an above-average clip, but then they pass up on some of that power potential. Right. Your Luis Roberts, your Fernando Tatis Juniors, your even, you know, willing to trade a Luke Voigt because you'd rather have, you know, the, the reliever or the guy that gets on base at a high clip. You leave the potential to also add that power because, you're quite frankly, you're not looking at it. You're not looking for it, I should say. All right. What's trending is next here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. This is something I think that we can revisit as well. We got away from Dylan talking about Dylan Carlson, but from what we see from this kid, he does add another bat that can provide those extra base hits. That could be significant. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What do you think? Three o'clock. Nothing. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I don't know if uh, if we went on air or not, but uh, we did. and Meat were having an argument. Yeah, Ronji lost the bet. There was no bet. There was a bet. bet. There was no bet. Check the tape. Let me me tell you what's happened. Let me tell you what's happened here. Earlier, when we were about to do the lineup game, I looked at the website, the Cardinals website, otherwise known as uh, STLCardinals.com, and starting game one for the Cardinals, and the website said it was Ponce. Game and, what did one. I, and what did I tell you? And you guys said it was Flaherty, and I said, Both okay, of us. you might be right. I'm just telling you what the Cardinals' website nope, says. that's not how you said it. Yep, uh, that's exactly what I said. I believe me that I told Chris Ranji, you can't believe anything that's on that website. Right. What does yeah. it know? What does St. Louis Cardinals, uh, STLCardinals.com know? About the Cardinals? Yeah. I would hope a lot. Had it come from the text line, it would have been a no-brainer. Thank it you. Yeah, been but obvious. it did not come from or the text line. Or pizza.com. At, at, any rate, at any rate, they have changed it. So uh, it is game one, Flaherty and Suter. Boys, this is why we have our reference sites. We have pizza.com. Yep. 
We have the Air Comfort Service tax line at 65780. We have Wikipedia.com. And we have Wikipedia. Cheese.com is kind of sketchy sometimes. Cheese.com is very unreliable. So then we cross off Cheese.com. It gets a little gooey. But we have Wikipedia, the tax line, and we also have Pizza.com. And, Ronj, I'm sorry. I know your heart was in the right spot. Thank you. But to go to the Cardinals' official website looking to know who's going to start in game one, yeah. as opposed to going to Wikipedia, Gosh. as opposed to going to the text line, or opposed to going to pizza.com, I'm sorry, it's a mistake. We taught you better than that. We certainly did. Guys, uh, I will tell you this right now. I was wrong, and I apologize. And also, I've heard you well, say I was wrong. September 20. Hold on, I wasn't finished. I apologize that you feel that way. There you oh, go. There, there it is. That's there it is. That's All right. Time that. for what's trending here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Brewers placed right-hander Corbin Burns on the 10-day injured list with a left oblique strain. Last night we saw Craig Council and the Brewers go out to the mound right before Dylan Carlson hit a ho-ho. And ding-dong. Wound it's up ding it's a dong. ding dong. It's not a ho-ho. It wound up being a, a legitimate injury for Corbin Burns. That it, I don't think the Brewers are going to make the postseason, but that is a significant blow it's, to that team. It, it's about as bad of an injury as they could possibly have, except for Yelich or Braun, I guess. Yeah, I think it's more, I, mean, I think it's bigger than Braun. Well, I, it, it is. I'm, I'm just I'm saying if there's another injury that could be worse, maybe. Right. But uh, that is a very bad injury. Two. 211 ERA for Corbin Burns this year. 102 whip. And this is remarkable. 88 to 24 strikeout to walk ratio this yeah. year. He's got 88 strikeouts compared to 24 walks. But he was placed on the 10 day injured list with that left oblique strain. And it's the kind of injury, by the way, that, uh, well, you don't know how a team is going to respond to it, but it cannot be, it's got to be demoralizing. To lose your best pitcher, to lose a Cy Young candidate this close to the end of the year when you're hoping to, to, to make it into the playoffs. Not that it's necessarily going to affect them in this series against the Cardinals. I just can't imagine it helps. Speaking of injuries, have you guys checked out the NFL injury list for yeah. week three? It's rough. George Kittle, again, oh, out yeah, for Kittle's the 49ers. Out. Tight Jimmy G. Tight end is out for uh, the Niners. Henry Ruggs, wide receiver for the Raiders, officially ruled out against the Patriots. He's got knee and hamstring. Julio Jones is questionable to face Chris Ranji's Chicago Bears in week three. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. But he practiced injury, today limited. Which that usually means eh. he'll be okay. A.J. Brown, Titans wide receiver, once again out. They take on the Vikings. And Devontae Adams, according to Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, probably doubtful for that week three matchup against the Saints on Sunday night. We also don't know the status right now of Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver for the Lions. He's been out the, the, the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. He's not 100%, but he hopes to play against the Cardinals. One more to throw at you, speaking of the, the Raiders, Josh Jacobs dealing with a hip injury. No, the, no. The talented running back. Darren Waller, who went off on Monday night. He's their tight end. Both practiced on Friday. So they actually were held out the last two days, but they practiced. So yep. it looks like those two guys are going to be available for the Raiders. And they're still going to lose. Speaking of losses, everybody 0-1 in the Fast yeah. Lane Rizzuto, Rizzuto Show Pick'em yeah, Challenge? Not great. What not do you mean 0-1? 0-1. Yeah. Who's 0-1? I thought we, we were 0-2. Well, no, we're 0-2 as night. a show, but last night I picked the Jaguars. Oh, as a show. Yeah, you're right. The losing just keeps on coming, boys. Nice. Yeah. The Jaguar, I, I did not think that was going to happen. I really I really like Brian Brian Flores. I really like I really like Brian Flores a lot. I think he I think he game plans exactly 
knowing what his personnel is, I don't think he asked Fitzpatrick to do too much. And that was evidence of it last night. That dude was almost perfect. I think he was 18 to 20. Yeah, like a buck 69. Yeah, good for him, man. He had a really, really nice game. And Mike Gusecki, who had a career game last week, caught one pass, 15 yards, but went for a touchdown. Yeah, they, You're right. They completely kind of, oh, like, hey, game game script, game flow. We're up 14-0. No problem. We'll, we'll, put, it, we'll put it in. Uh, Miles Gaskin's hand and, and roll. That's what happened. That first drive, they were like, well, this is working, so you just keep taking the ball and get your ass beat through the line. That's exactly what they did. Yep, and they pressured uh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. They did, a ni- they did a nice job against Jacksonville. But, you know, that's one of those things where you look back, you're like, why the blank are we laying points with the Jaguars? It's one of those deals, right? But Jacksonville had, beat, had beaten the Colts, and they hung with the Titans the week prior. So I thought maybe they're a little bit better than we thought they're not. You know what, Anthony? I don't know what it means to lay points. I You explained it to me once. I still don't get it. There were three, there were three point favorite last night at home. Okay. When, you, when they're a favorite, you lay points. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just use I just use the FanDuel Paradise Sportsbook it's right app. There for you. Yeah. And it's it, like it, it it's yeah it's simple. And I go that looks like a good bet. I'm taking that. Uh-huh. And it's fun for me. I don't I don't know all this other stuff the that lingo. you're talking about the lingo and the, the innuendo. The innu. Wow. Nailed it. Wow, buddy. Hey, can we talk about that? Yeah, real quick. So, so go ahead. So yesterday, so yesterday I wound up saying innuendo, and I actually don't remember even saying it. Yeah. The other thing was I was half paying attention because uh, our rundown, we didn't have a topic for 315, a little, little behind the scenes oh, there. So, so I looked, meat took the day off. So I looked down, and I'm like, we don't have a topic. So I only half listened to what you guys were saying. Don't even remember saying innuendo. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard wound it. Up, I wound up making you guys laugh a lot. I do want you to both know I can say innuendo, though. Did you just push this blame off? Do you on know me? what I think That's happened? That is I, yeah. BS. Hold on. Here's what I. Here's we put what this I, rundown together a, as a team. It was a. It was really holy. Meet a couple of things here. One, meet. You need to do your job a whole lot better. That's okay. number one. Okay. Number two. Ding. Number two. I believe Anthony spent the last night like screw those guys. Okay. In innuendo, innuendo, innuendo. I, I bet he was thinking about it, practicing all night long. Well, I mother blanked you guys pretty hard. You did. Yeah. To everybody that yeah. not only we know but others. As well, Anthony. Part of the problem is that you are—you uh, just can't talk. Can I I mean, can... <laughs> well, good thing I have this job. <laughs> a great job for you. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something? Sure. I do on a daily basis give you the uh, rundown about an hour before showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's always an opportunity for you to look down and change something. Yeah. Or add something. Yeah. Th- there's plenty of chance for that. Meet what else is trending today. <laughs> Uh, You guys remember a couple weeks back, I asked you a question. I think it was a six-pack about if you had to go without one college football conference this year, which conference would it be? Pretty much everybody said the Pac-12. No. We didn't, remember? There were, I think, two that said Pac-12. The Pac-12 was late. It's late at night. It's... It's there for you if you. No, if you we were getting late, rid of a conference, if you were football. getting rid of a conference, if though you, those guys picked the Pac-12, I think I picked. Uh, I didn't pick the Pac-12. I picked I the I, Pac-12 I think for I picked sure. The, I think I picked the Big 12. You picked the ACC, and I'm like, so you can't get rid you of guys. And it's so did BT. Yeah, Clemson. Like, you can't get rid of Clemson. It's obviously Clemson. the Pac-12. Nobody cares about the Pac-12. I do. Here's Oregon, my Oregon State. Really? Utah. Really? UCLA. Really? USC. How many college football playoffs has? those teams been in recently not many not exactly well 
That's my point exactly, because when the Big Ten was even talking about coming back, that's all the reporting we heard. Oh, my gosh, the Big Ten, they're in their 15th meeting today with the president. This could happen. The Pac-12 announces a season. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody cares. The Pac-12 announced yesterday they've got a season starting, a seven-game season on November 6th. The Mountain West did the same thing, an eight-game schedule beginning October 24th. Nobody cares. Well, that's because you've got baseball playoffs right around the corner. And you've got Stanley Cup final game five between the Lightning and the Stars. That is what people care about. People don't care about football. Grow up, meat. People care about football, Anthony. They just don't care about the Pac-12. You know what people care about around here? Mm. SEC. 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 That's what they care about. And this weekend, it's Mizzou and Alabama, the game of the week on ESPN, 6 o'clock Saturday night. I can't wait for that, baby. I can't wait for the three-score game by halftime. Oh, that come you keep on, telling right? me you, it's not going to happen. You son of, it's going to Look, happen. hey, I don't think- listen, M-I-Z folks out there, let me just tell you this right now. I, uh, I admire you. I, I, I am rooting. Hold on not. a second. I, can, I, can I finish? You certainly can. Go ahead. Can I finish? I'm sorry. I, I, feel that I am rooting for you this weekend against Alabama. I just cannot. I can't lie to you because I'm not a liar. I'm a very honest person. And I think you're going to get steamrolled. Yeah. I, in all seriousness, and I know you're actually being serious, you do believe that Mizzou is going to get steamrolled. Yes, and, and maybe, I, I, I like Eli Drinkwitz a lot. I think he's a lot of fun. Maybe they will. But. I think we're underestimating not having a typical offseason and how that could impact you in week one. Not a month into the season, yeah, but the very first game. I think Alabama's going to start a little slower than we think, and Mizzou's going to cover. So then why wouldn't you think Mizzou's going to start slower? Well, I think they're both going to start slow. I think they're both going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be even. But what'd you say about NFL teams? It was all the teams with the coaches are the ones you feel more comfortable about. The right. the returning coaches, veteran right. players. I mean, that's light years ahead of where Mizzou's at. They didn't have a quarterback until like four days ago. They still they still don't. They got like two. Exactly. And when you have two quarterbacks, yeah. you don't have any. You got two. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna go with the joke there, but eh. Andrew You're actually right. Yep. All right, eleven uh, or three eleven. Your top check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Okay, Kim, how sensational has KK been? Love him. Wow. You know we could sit here and complain and gripe about yep. the Cardinals not having an offense and finding offensive players. Yep. That's mostly Chris Ranji. What? But what we can do is talk about what the Cardinals do well, which is find pitchers like KK. Seriously, remarkable season for KK. We'll and Brett Cecil. Next. No, not Brett Cecil. I'll tell you why next here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Good Lord. Hello, Anthony. Are you having a great day? I'm having a fantastic day. Was that a little hot there? Oh, my God, was that loud. But it got me going. Apparently it was so hot. Apparently it was, uh, I was low. Now I'm hot. It's like a shot of espresso or a speedball. One of the two. I feel good, though. Let's have a show. We were trying to talk to uh, Bear Jones earlier. Had a little bit of a fiasco. We're at Ballpark Village. That's where we're at. We're jacked up about the Cardinals. They're at... They've got two games today against the Milwaukee Brewers, and they 
dominated the Brewers' faces last night, mostly because of KK. And it is remarkable, Ronch, when you look at the season that Kim has had. He wasn't even starting in the rotation. He was game one, closer against the Pirates. That was a little shaky, but it took Carlos Martinez going on the COVID-19 list for Kim to enter the rotation, and he has been absolutely remarkable since that point. And this is a guy that pitched in the KBO. He didn't obviously go back home during the pandemic. I know that he he had spent some time with Wainwright and things like that during when, when the shutdown had happened, during the postponement of the season. So you've got somebody not from this country dealing with being away from his family, trying to get ready for the season. He's a starter, but he, he was asked to close early on. Then he gets placed in the rotation, and he's been dominant. I mean, it, it really has been a remarkable season for KK, and it continued last night. And now he's one of the the, the three guys that will, will likely draw a start if and when the Cardinals make, make the playoffs. They have had some really good success here over the last three years, acquiring somebody from another country. And not that Miles Michaelis is from another country, but he was pitching in Japan. Right. And look what he did when he came here. Nobody knew anything about him. We didn't know anything about him. Didn't know anything about Kim either. And both of those guys have done such a terrific job. Miles obviously has the injury, so he's not able to, you know, to be a part of the operation. But, man, you've got two examples over the last couple of years. We always talk about the offense, how there's nothing there. Uh, You say I complain about it, which is probably true. But it's amazing what they're able to do on the other end. If they can't find those diamonds in the rough offensively, they sure as heck find them when it comes to the pitching staff. They've done a really good job with that, and those two examples are the best. I love what Kim is able to do. I I didn't know exactly what to expect from him. Same thing for Michaelis. And, in fact, going back to him, I recall we were on remote – during spring training and we were kind of keeping an eye on his start i think it was his first spring uh, spring training start back in 2017 and he was just getting rocked and he didn't look good at all and it was this eyebrow raising moment of like oh my god what what did they do with this guy and they're gonna put him right in the rotation that's what they're gonna do with him and then look what he ended up doing in the regular season Something similar has happened with KK, though. He wasn't bad in spring training. It's just somebody coming in out of nowhere doing that. So their scouting on pitching has been really, really strong. And it's it's such that when he gets an opportunity to start, you feel like, okay, this is, this is, a, this is good. Cardinals are going to be in good shape tonight. You know you're going to get a pretty good start out of him. If it's not a quality start, it's going to be close to it. And at minimum, it's going to keep the team in the game and give them an opportunity to win. Two things he does exceptionally well. He's got a very low home run per nine rate. So, in other words, he's keeping the ball in the yard, and he doesn't walk anybody. He doesn't really hurt himself that way. The strikeout percentage isn't great, but he's deceptive enough to miss bats. To miss bats. To miss bats. Excuse me. One point six two ERA. Probably not sustainable given the fact that he's got a 3.88 FIP, but the 3.88 FIP is very good. If you're if you're not familiar with that statistic, essentially think of it as an ERA. Yeah. But it's a better metric when it comes to factoring in the park. Right. So Can you where, explain where that differently? 
Uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, the, the fifth is, a, is an advanced metric that does a much better job at calculating how good a pitcher actually is individually. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Thank yeah. you. He's been good both standard and from an advanced standpoint. But he doesn't walk anybody, doesn't give up home runs, strikes out just enough guys in just the right situation to be highly efficient. And that's what we've seen out of Kim this year. They've done a, a tremendous job finding him and, and giving him the opportunity to start. And I also think there's got to be some sort of benefit. for. You have to keep in mind, this would essentially be the first two months of a regular season for him if this were a normal year. It's only a two-month year. So it's it's possible some of this is coming over from Korea, nobody having ever faced him before, and all you know of him is what you see in video you don't get a chance to really face the guy. I mean, essentially, he's a, I mean, he's a rookie. He's, he's got rookie status here. So maybe there's some benefit to that, being him facing live hitting, and, and the hitters don't really have a book on you so much. I mean, you could see it. Yeah. You know, you can look at the numbers, and you can look at video, but it's not the same as when you're actually in the box against somebody. So maybe there's some kind of benefit to that. And maybe if we had gotten into the third or fourth month or fifth month of the season – maybe things would have come back to earth a little bit for him. So I think there is some benefit to that. But like you said, the advanced numbers, the peripherals, the peripherals all look really good on him, and they suggest that it's not just a fluke. The other aspect, too, is something that Wainwright talked about to us when he, was, when he joined our show a couple of weeks ago, and we had asked him about whether or not he had a sense that Kim could be, could be this good yeah. in his first year. And I thought it was interesting – Adam Wainwright is what six five, six six. Yes, he is. That's that is a large human being, very tall man, and he said that Kim's got a longer uh, stride, stride, to, stride the to the yeah. to the to the plate than than Waino does. So all of a sudden, the ball is on top of you when you're a hitter. Now, to your pointer, maybe maybe over time. Hitters start to figure him out. They've they've got a, a better book, quote unquote, on on him. But for right now, he is deceptive. The ball comes on you a lot quicker than what the what the velocity has shown, and he has had an outstanding year. I wish that the Cardinals could be as good when it comes to finding the, these diamonds in the rough from a pitching standpoint, um, or I wish they, they were as good finding diamonds in the rough, rough so offensively than, as they are with the pitching staff. But nevertheless, one thing you cannot criticize – John Mozeliak and his staff for is finding guys that can throw. Yeah, they they know what to look for, especially with those peripherals, and that's that was one of the ways they decided on Michaelis right. a few years ago. It was spin rate. Remember, that was the big thing. They 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 noticed that what he was doing and what those um, those advanced numbers and the Statcast numbers, all that stuff, was suggesting. Hey, this guy is pretty good, and it's going to translate if you bring him over and let him play MLB. And that's pretty much what's happened here with Kim. I, I don't know how you do it offensively. I feel like that might be a tougher job to find the, um, you, you know, the, the, the diamond in the rough when it comes to a position player. Because usually you're just going to pay for those guys. Right. You have to. You know, they have to post. And, well, I guess it happens with pitchers too. But it seems to happen more often with pitching than it does with uh, with position it's players. Def- it's, it's seemingly a little, I mean, not that it's easy, but it's right. seemingly harder to find that, that middle of the order. I would bat. agree with that. You really take a flyer in the first round in a high school like the Cardinals just did this, pat- this past year and say, okay, please God, develop. 
Yeah. I mean, Jordan Walker. Yes. This guy's got some power potential as an 18-year-old. We have no idea how that's going to translate right. when he's 22, 23, 24. But that's that's seemingly how you find those those power hitters. Or you go to the international market and, you know, sign a Luis Robert. Some, yeah. Something like that. He would be nice. He would be. Is he available nice. or he's no? Not, I know he's no, struggling he's right now. Yeah. He is struggling right now. But the Padres I, are struggling too offensively. Yes, they are. Which is kind of interesting because that would be the first round matchup right now if you're the Cardinals. The season started tomorrow. It'll be Cardinals Padres. That lineup is not. I mean, the last week they've they've been they've cooled right off, and Tatis is right at the top of the list there of guys that have struggled. We talked lately, a little lately. bit yesterday, Anthony, about um, how act for in in my opinion the Cubs might be the best matchup for the Cardinals in the first round, if you can make that happen. Um, I mean, yeah, they've got you Darvish, who's pitching really well, and they've got Kyle Hendricks, who's tough, but they are not hitting at all. I almost think, in some ways, maybe this is the year with the wild card round that you want the tougher opponent first. Because it might... If, short if, short if series, you think, take your shot. Short series, you win one game, you're in great position. You win two, and it's over. Right. And I, I almost wonder if facing the Padres, that's a team that, that makes me nervous. I almost wonder if facing them first would be better than having to take them on a division round or in an LCS. Let's talk about that. I find that interesting. Would you rather take on the Cubs in a shortened series or a team like the Padres? Let's talk about that next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We are live at Ballpark Village at the uh, top of the Budweiser Brewhouse patio. It's a beautiful day for two, two games. Doubleheader. Dose. Cardinals and Brewers today. Ron, you had mentioned the fact that even though the Padres are struggling offensively right now, that you would almost rather take on the Cubs in the first round of the playoffs as opposed to the Padres because right. you, you just don't want to deal with that, that offense. It's an it's an interesting question. I think I'd still rather take on the Padres just from a pitching standpoint. I don't want to face you, Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks in a three game series. Even though I know that the, the Cubs offensively are struggling, I would want to avoid that one two combo that that the Cubs can can throw at me in those 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 two games, as opposed to taking my chances with yes, a talented offense with San Diego, but a, a lesser. Uh, pitching staff still good San Diego's pitching staff is very good but not as good as that one-two combo that that the Cubs can throw at you with Darvish and Hendricks and and I would I I, that's a perfectly legitimate argument and I I understand it but the the Cubs offense this year is is in a lot of ways actually been worse than what the Cardinals have been which is crazy to say yes they've had the Chris Bryant injury so that has a lot to do with it but Kyle Schwarber hasn't really been good. Javier Baez hasn't been good. Uh, Anthony Rizzo has had a really down year as well. So and I, I suppose there's the possibility that those guys just have a, a breakout and it all starts to click for them offensively when you get into the playoffs. But I wouldn't be counting on it. Yeah. If, it, it, it if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm not counting on that to happen at all. It could, and I understand that, but I don't think I'd be looking for it. I'd be pretty concerned with them, which means if I'm a Cardinals fan here, and I am, I would rather face somebody like that. On the other hand, here's where I'm wavering. Starting to think about the idea of a three-game series. And if you're going to have to face a tough team, 
Is it better to just get into the next round, so face the weakest team possible in that first wild card round, just get to the division series, or would you rather face a tougher team in the wild card round knowing you've only got to take two games? Because the longer the series goes against right. a good team, the likelihood that good team is going to find a way to outlast you is yeah. greater. And I think you have a better shot against a really tough club if you go up against them first and it's only a best of three. I think it's a good point because, like you said, the talent you would think, the depth you would think would show over the course of a five or certainly a seven-game series as opposed to, okay, three-game series, I'm going to take my shot, I'm going to try to take two against you. If the ball ball bounces the wrong way, a couple of times one guy, one reliever has one bad night – I can get you, even though I might not be better than you overall. Right. So I think I think that's that's an in, that's an interesting take there. I guess when it all when it all comes down to it, would there be any first round opponent for the Cardinals that you would feel confident going up against? Um, pretty much all of them except the Dodgers and maybe the Braves. You feel so you would feel confident? Oh no no, I thought you said not confident. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because um, I don't think there's I don't think there's a team that I would be like. Okay, this is a perfect matchup because, yeah. again, the Cubs, despite their offensive issues, still have really good starting pitching, at least the, the, the front two guys. The Padres, do you really want to deal with, despite the, despite the struggles, do you want to deal with Tatis and Hosmer and Machado and Mitch Moreland and the, the rest of that line? I mean, one, one through nine is pretty good. They, they've had Jerickson Profar hitting ninth for them right. on a, on more than a handful of occasions, and he can take you deep. Uh, that, that Padres lineup is stacked. I, I don't think there there is a first-round opponent that I'm like, all right, this is setting up pretty well matchup-wise for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'd want to face Davies and Lamette, really. I, I, I Lamette's, that, Lamette's very good. Yeah, those two guys are they, – they've had a ter- they've had really good years. Clevenger, I guess, is still hurt. hurt. Yeah, so you don't have to deal with him. I guess if I – Look, they're not going to face the Dodgers because they're not going to be the eighth seed, okay? And realistically, looking at all the playoff teams, the teams I would feel confident against are the ones who are lower than them, and they're right. not going to play. They're, they're not going to play the Marlins. I'd absolutely take my chances against the Marlins, the Reds, and the Giants. Sure. And those are the teams right now lower than the Cardinals, but still in the postseason. But the way the seeding works out, that's not who they're going to face. It's either going to be the Padres or it's going to be the Cubs, I th- and, and maybe the Braves. There might be enough maneuvering that they could end up facing the Braves, but they're not going to take on the Dodgers it's here. amazing, too. That pitching staff for the Braves has been decimated with yeah. injuries. That they lineup can is hit. scary. Yeah, I, they can hit, but I think you'd have a pretty good chance against that pitching staff. Yeah. So speaking of pitchers, Jack Flaherty is going to go game one tonight, or today, for the for the Cardinals against the Brewers. Officially. And we know, yeah, officially. We, there's some confusion earlier on that. The we know that the Brewers have have kind of had Jack Flaherty's number. That that start last week at Miller Park did not go well. Braun hit the home run. He was missing spots. We spent a lot of time talking about it. But and I'm tr- I'm going to try to kind of clean this up a little bit the best I can. But look, if Flaherty struggles today against Milwaukee, it still wouldn't make much sense when you think about and you look at the numbers. The strikeout rate is outstanding for Flaherty. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He doesn't give up a ton of home runs. It wouldn't make much sense outside of the fact that the Brewers just have his number, which really it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, ownage is ownage against this guy. But 
logically it doesn't make sense. In other words, I wouldn't be able to 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 tell you why Flaherty wouldn't pitch well to get today against right. Milwaukee, which is to say I, I feel good about him going into this game. Yeah, I almost, he should pitch well. I'm with you. I almost think it's a fluke more than anything else that it just hasn't worked out. I, I, I highly doubt the Brewers have figured out something or they see something that other teams have not picked up yet. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think so. So I, I would not be surprised if he gives them at least six and Milwaukee has a very difficult chance or difficult time scoring today. I, I w- and here's the thing about Flaherty. He's just good enough that I don't worry about stuff like that in general. I think he's good enough to figure it out. So is a, a pitch tipping thing or uh, something he is doing that the Brewers know what's coming, whatever the case may be, or they got a good game plan, I feel like he and Mike Maddox are good enough to figure that out and say, okay, I bet you this is what it is. Yeah. Let's let's make a correction here and things will be okay. Or even like He's Wainwright. Good. Wainwright's really good at, at picking up. We've heard and stories he'll say like something. this before. Yeah, yeah like, hey, listen, yeah. you're dropping your glove when you throw – you know, uh, whatever you're, pitch, you're yeah. off, you're off speed or whatever. Right. Wainwright, Wainwright can kind of pick up on some of those tendencies if a guy's struggling. I know he's done that for himself. He's stood in front of a mirror at night and just going over his motion and realizing right. that he was, I don't know, the one of the the arm hair, the, the 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 hairs on his arm was pointed in one direction and the Brewers were picking it's up. A, on it's it a big tip too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you're right. I think I think they can kind of hone in on that. Boy, Milwaukee's got to be. Their confidence level's got to be down after last night. It has you, to be. You lose game one. And you lose Burns. You lose You lose Burns. You did nothing against KK. And, yes, he, he was pitching very well going in. But you know you've had your own struggles. Christian Yelich hasn't been raking all year. Ryan Braun has had his moments. It's really similar to the Cardinals in that regard. That is not that is not a dangerous lineup whatsoever. No, it, it's and I don't I don't know how to um, and I don't want to put too much on confidence because I we're only guessing if they're a confident team or not right now. If they feel demoralized or not, yeah. we don't know. I think we're kind of projecting what we would think. Sure, if we were on the team, I'd be pretty demoralized if we lost our best pitcher. For probably the rest of the year, I think I'd feel like crap right about now. I don't know how they're feeling. They might be fine. They might take it as sort of a a, a rallying moment or something to rally around. But I, I can't imagine you do feel good though. Yeah. Knowing you're not doing anything offensively, uh, you got a pretty good bullpen, so you know if you get a lead, I think you, you you should feel safe in that. But there isn't a whole lot going for Milwaukee right now to be confident about. All right, we're going to play Would You Rather Cardinals edition, meet through some questions together in terms of a, a would you rather. Would you rather start the game to send – who would you rather start to uh, start the game that would send you into the playoffs? And we've got a couple of options there. That's next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You've come to the right place. You're in the Fast Lane. Brought to you by Schnucks on 101 ESPN. Let's do a Would You Rather Cardinal edition here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Chris Ronji, Anthony Stalter. We are live at the Ballpark Village. Um, okay. What? I'm ready to go. <laughs> 
You I'm very excited. Let's go. About would you, about would you rather? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know where we're at? Ballpark Village? That's correct. All right, let's do it. Would you rather? Budweiser Brewhouse. Cardinal, Cardinal Edition. Budweiser Brewhouse. It's really nice. On top of the patio, where a lot of people are uh, enjoying the show right now. I don't know if they're enjoying it. I feel like I they're ignoring attention. it yeah, I don't think, completely, yeah. which is fine. Because wait till we start talking about them. <laughs> I, don't want them to, I don't want them to hear it. <laughs> right. One game to get to the playoffs, boys. Would you rather start the game with Johan Oviedo? Oviedo. Or KK on short rest? KK on short rest and then give me the bullpen game, which would include Oviedo. Yeah. KK pitched I, last night, by the way. Yes, he would be on short rest. I'd rather have him start the game and then go Johnny Allstaff. Guys, I don't. I want KK pitching in the first round. Well, I get actually may not be necessary because you got Flaherty and Wainwright. But if there's a game three, don't you want him starting at least game three on Friday? I got to get in there first. You do have to get in first. That's I, the way I, I'm looking. I, at I it. generally don't like the idea of starting dudes on three days rest. Well, I know it can work. Grow up, Roger. <laughs> Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> that one got gotcha. you. It did. Grow so K- up. So KK on yeah, short KK rest. Yeah, KK started because I, right. I need to be an adult. Nice. So I'm going with K- Go ahead, KK. meet me. <laughs> I'm glad we could come together on that one. All right. So that, that game that is going to get you into the playoffs, you're at the back end of that game. You have a chance to close it out. Who do you want? Giovanni Gallegos or John Gant? I still want Gio. Gio's my guy. I, I know he hasn't. Uh, he was out for a while, um, but I'm super confident in him. And and to me, he is my closer. Let's go. I'm with you. He he's been. The only thing you're concerned about is the the, the groin injury. That right. was it. He he was he was pitching very well. And you have Jordan Hicks. You don't know what the status is going to be for him next year. I think Giovanni Gallegos has earned the opportunity to close. Provided he continues to pitch well, he's earned the opportunity to close starting for you next year as well. Lock could change in spring training and all that, but he's he's my guy too. I know John Gant has a strikeout per nine of 10.8, but Giovanni Gallegos is still a better strikeout stuff pitcher. And I, I have supreme confidence in him. And I have, like, he's just one of those guys that I felt good about since before the season started that he'd be a terrific closer. So, talking about this possibility of of Monday games, would you rather the Cardinals have the chance to play for the division on Monday or not play on Monday, be the wild card, and have a couple days off before the wild card game? How would that change the matchups? Okay. Um... Because right Let's, now it would be it's right now it's Padres. Padres right now if the Cubs win right. the division. So the Cubs, if if the Cardinals and Cubs just switched places, yeah, they would have the three seed and they would face Miami in the first one. Yeah, I like that a lot better. So I'd rather have them win the division and take on Miami as opposed to getting that extra day off, which is beneficial. There's an argument to be made there, and I'll, and then facing San Diego. Anthony, you're wrong. Okay. You're 100% wrong. What you want to do in a situation like this is you need that extra rest. They're clearly tired. They haven't they haven't had a day off in like nine weeks. They've been playing straight through since... Uh, uh, like three weeks ago. June. 
They haven't had a day off since June, excluding the COVID days off. All right? You want as much rest as possible, two days rest. Doesn't matter who they play then after that. That said, I'd rather face the Marlins. <laughs> I was about to say, these are professional athletes making a lot of money. They can they can rest in the offseason. Because then when you win that series, you're going to get a couple of days off before the division series starts. That's correct. So there you go. You're wrong, but you're right. So you went contrarian, then ultimately agreed with me. I sure did. Okay. I think we've all agreed on this show dozens of times that when the Cardinals look back on this season and realize their offense greatly underperformed, that they will have no choice but to go out and add. Add a major bat in the middle of the order. We've all said this. We've <laughs> yeah. all agreed on well, this multiple listen, times. That's what they need to do. It, meet. We may have agreed upon it. what they it. will do. That's the key right there, what you just said. Can you repeat that? Uh, it's what they, what what? they will do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. the part I'm struggling with. So they don't care what we want them to do? That's no. correct. That's, yes. That is correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, considering that, would you rather, when they make that move this offseason that you guys don't think they're going to make, mm-hmm. would you rather the Cardinals swing the trade for Arenado or Francisco Lindor? Francisco Lindor. I agree. I would, I, he plays a premium position. I know Arenado's really good at third base, arguably the best in baseball. Maybe Matt Chapman's better. But Lindor plays shortstop, and it's harder to find a good shortstop. You could easily transition DeYoung over to third. But where's Carpenter going to play? You know, it's Friday. What do you got to do uh, this, man? Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hey, Cleveland. Hey, Indians. Hear us out. (laughs) We really want Francisco Lindor. Uh We'll give you a former MVP candidate. candidate. <laughs> Here's the thing. We Straight want up. Lindor. Hear us out. Yep. We're going to give you Matt Carpenter. When that hits your ear hole, how do you feel? How do you feel, Cleveland? I stand Do up. they know he's got his own salsa recipe? Well, it doesn't matter. That's, that's I irrelevant. It, I think it does matter, especially when you Tell them that he makes uh, his salsa with fresh ingredients. They don't From care. His they garden. don't care. And he's got cereal. They don't care about Carpos. food. They don't care about food in Cleveland. What? It's not Carpos. <laughs> it's Carp. Was it Carpenter Crunch? <laughs> I think it's Carpos. Carpos Crunch. And they play well in Cleveland Anthony, as well. Anthony, it is not. Do we know what the grocery store is in Cleveland? <laughs> Matt Carpenter's. Is it Kroger? Matt Carpenter's cereal is not Carpos. What is what is the grocery store, the main grocery store in Cleveland? Because they're going to want to get the, the Carpos on their I don't think shelf. they have schnooks. Is it Kroger? Because that's what it was in it's Detroit. Pro- it's probably a Kroger. Kroger, Meyer, something like that. Yeah. I'm seeing a Dixon's Groceries. Really? Is there a Dixon's that I you guys know. are familiar with? I bet it's a Hy-Vee. Or a Heinen's. You think it's a shop and save? Do the, I, I don't think shop so. and saves. Yeah, they probably. I mean, I'm sure they have some. We had Country Mart back in Kansas growing up. Did oh, you? Country, country Mart. Country yeah. Mart. What? Okay. What a shock. Chicago. I see Jewel a save a lot. Osco. Jewel Osco. Yep. They used to have Dominic's. Yes. Dominic's they, is gone. They didn't make it. Old Dominic's. They've got Meyer up there too. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. Save a lot is the most re uh, recurring I've seen. Save a lot. Okay. Yeah. I know this. Cleveland probably doesn't even have a Whole Foods. Probably not. No. Believe Land, they like to call him. Yeah, Believe Land. Believe Land. Well, Believe, Believe Matt in Carpenter Matt Carpenter. He will come base. to your. 
and give us That's Francisco Lindor. Right. He would love to play at the Jake. Yep. Which is not called the Jake anymore. No. Progressive field. Anyways, I would rather have Francisco Lindor. Absolutely. He plays a premium position. He plays it very well. He's younger. He's younger. Doesn't have the contract, although he'll have to have the contract at some point. He can hit the middle of your lineup. Lindor's a stud. The text line says Piggly Wiggly, by the way. Oh, there really? is no Yeah. Well, the text line also says Kroger is headquartered in Cincinnati. Hmm. So, so they would probably gotta, have him I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was Cardinals edition Would You Rather here on 101 ESPN. Do we have more? We should do more of those. Would you rather face Chris Ranji, Meat, or Anthony Stalter in the gauntlet? Well, that's terrifying. That is one hell of a tease. That's the, what, that is what the listener tease. is going to have to decide coming up next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It's a battle between average man and the most formidable group of warriors on the planet. You should feel my nipples. I am so excited. Duh. Well, they showed up. Brought to you by Ion Environmental Services of St. Louis, the gold standard of disinfection. Ion Environmental Services is your gateway to the cleanest environment. Can you survive the gauntlet? All right, time for the gauntlet here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN 401. Your time trick is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Chris Ranji and Anthony Stalter. No Brad Thompson today is on the Fox Sports Midwest broadcast with Dan McLaughlin of both games of the doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Brewers. That's about set uh, for 4.15, so about 15 minutes from now. Time for the gauntlet, and we have Nick. It's a battle between average man and the most formidable group of warriors on the planet. You should feel my nipples. I am so excited. Duh. Well, they showed up. Brought to you by Ion Environmental Services of St. Louis, the gold standard of disinfection. Ion Environmental Services is your gateway to the cleanest environment. Can you survive the gauntlet? All right, time for the gauntlet here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN 401. Your time trick is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Chris Ranji and Anthony Stalter. No Brad Thompson today is on the Fox Sports Midwest broadcast with Dan McLaughlin of both games of the doubleheader between the Cardinals and the Brewers. That's about set uh, for 4.15, so about 15 minutes from now. Time for the gauntlet, and we have Nick on the line, who's going to be our our uh, challenger today. What's up, Nick? Not a whole lot. How you guys doing today? We're doing really doing well. okay. So, Ronji would be the field's. Meat would be food and, tr- and drink trivia, and then I would be football. Who do you want to take on today? Well, I was kind of hoping Brad would be in today, but I'll take Ron. All right. Okay. Nick, uh, I hope that you do not get an opportunity to face Brad next week. And here's the truth. <laughs> You're not going to. You're not going oh, to. Right. You're about to get smoked. Whoa. I'm going to go over there in the uh, the cone of silence that Anthony invented. Thank you. I'm going to I'm going to meditate. Romans invented that. I'm going to meditate for two minutes, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to beat the at the bejesus out of you. Oh, Whoa! Thanks for not cussing. Oh, all right. Looking forward to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was as fired up Nick as we have seen Chris Ranji. He is literally walking with a. Uh, a, he fist pumped. A spring in his step. He just fist pumped. He's he's got his well, converse on. He's got, then. Yeah, he's got uh, very short shorts on today. Very short. Yeah, yeah. At some point, he's going to want to get those lengthened. Yeah, for an older guy too, yeah, you know. No, like, yeah, right. He, Anyways, he is old. All right, here we go. We're on the radio, Nick. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Ballpark Village. You'll see him. All right, 
Question number one, where is the Sea of Tranquility located? The Sea of Tranquility? Yes. Sounds like something that would be like in the Mediterranean or maybe India, but go ahead and give me the options. Is it Europe, the Moon, or Antarctica? Oh, geez. Europe, the Moon, or Antarctica? Sea of Tranquility. I'm going to say Antarctica. All right, Nick, question number two. What color of belt is the first color awarded to Taekwondo students? Hmm. Taekwondo, first color. Go ahead and give me the options. I don't know. Okay, you've got white, orange, or brown. Let's go brown. All right, question three, Nick. What city is the running of the Bulls held in? Uh, Pamplona. All right, and question number four, Nick. What city was the show Breaking Bad set in? Oh, my gosh. I never watched that show. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I think I'm one of four people that's never seen that show. What city was I it in? It Hold on. we got to so get Chris so Ronji to turn five. around. Go away. It's go, uh, go away. It, Nick, it's you and I, basically, that haven't seen it. Okay, show. so we're two of the four. We're 50% right here. That's right. Do you want the options? Uh, okay, so, yeah, give me the options. Okay, your options are Phoenix, El Paso, and Albuquerque. Phoenix, El Paso, or Albuquerque. Um, I just got a good feeling about Albuquerque, so we'll go with Albuquerque. All right, Nick. Do you feel good? I don't feel as good as I did when I got on the call. We'll put it that way. Okay. All right. That's all right. Maybe... Maybe it was, maybe it was uh, Ranji smack talk. That you know what? That I could use that hey. sea of tranquility right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ranji. Sorry, it took me so long to get back, fellas. I had to use the facility. Uh, I believe you Anthony meditating? in your house. You probably. Yeah, I was meditating in the bathroom, and, and and I believe Anthony in his house. They call it tinky time. No, tubby time. That's, that's when you shot. It's bath yeah, time. Not, yeah, it's bath time. Go tubby time. Did you hear that the other day, Nick? That. Uh, in Stalter's house, when it's time to get a shower, they call it tubby. Not shower. It, I've it's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Anthony, Anthony declares to the family that he's got to go tubby time. Could you imagine Anthony coming back from a softball game, taking off all his gear, his eye black? <laughs> Red, hey, his, hey his, honey, I'm going to go take a tubby time real yeah, fast. His arm sleeve. He takes off his his, his therapeutic <laughs> hey, arm I got sleeve. Two kids, and he says, so I get it. you got to make up some yeah. funny words. No. Nick. Nick, even I, if, I don't even know you, and I am going to root for you even, more than any other listener that has graced these airways. Even Nick, if there you were are now no my, kids, new best, my new best friend. There would right. be no kids no kids in Stalter's house, and they would still call it tubby time. Raj, I hope yeah, you choke on it's all these say, questions. <laughs> they, would say, they would say, hey. I hope there's nothing uh, nothing left of you but Kristen, a bloody stump Kristen when Nick says, is done with you. Kristen says, how did softball go tonight? He said, ah, well, it was a good time. I got two hits, and now it's tubby time. That's what Stalter <laughs> says to his wife. Question one, where is the Sea of Tranquility located, Raj? It's on the moon. Are you kidding me? Damn it. Question number two, Ronj. What color of belt 
is awarded is the first color awarded to Taekwondo students. You know, I want to say it's a white belt. But it might be a yellow. And neither of those could be right. That's the third option. That's, that's an option. Could you uh, uh, go ahead and give me the options on this? You've got white, orange, brown. White belt. Question three. What city is the running of the Bulls held in? Pamplona. Question number four, Ranj. What city was Breaking Bad set in? Albuquerque. All right, we have a winner, and of course it is Nick because Chris Ranji cheated today, and uh, how dare he you? Has been disqualified. <gasps> yeah, how did I cheat? Well, you're listening to the 101 ESPN Sports app, and you uh, heard all the questions. You Googled them, oh, and uh, you won today. Or sounds Nick. like something Ranji would do. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, play the sounder there. He Luke. gets the show. You have chosen. Poorly. You lose. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. I tried, but uh, he did get you, and it wasn't particularly close. So Nick got got that yeah, ass. Didn't sound like it. Okay. Ranj won seven to three. <laughs> Let's go over these. Where is the sea of tranquility located? Is the moon? Ranj, you got that right without the options. Nick, uh, not so much with the options. What color belt is the first color awarded to Taekwondo students? Meet. I mean, why wouldn't you throw yellow in the option? I'm sorry, yeah. Anthony. I was waiting for you to say, or yellow. Yellow. I should really. I no, know. I know. Ranch was able to eliminate the other two I'm an honest competitor, Anthony. Say so it is white. That is the color of the first belt. Yep. Awarded to Taekwondo students. What city is the running of the Bulls held in, Ranch? Pamplona. Yep. Got that right. Nick, you got that one right, too, with, without the options. What city was Breaking Bad set in? Albuquerque. Ranj also got that right without the options. Nick, you got that one right just with the options. Ranj won 7-3 today. Nick, appreciate it, man. I uh, I rooted for you, but I don't know. Ranj with those short, short shorts, just he got you today. Listen. Thanks, guys. You've I'm been sorry, Nick. Today. Nick, okay. you know what you know will make you feel better? Two things will make you What's feel that? better. Number one. It's Friday, Friday, and it's going to be a great weekend for you. Second, to set yourself oh. up for a great Friday night, Nick, go get some tubby time in. <laughs> I will. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks hey, for it's, listening. Guys. It's tubby time. Hey. I, had a, I had a good softball game, Kristen. Now it's time for tubbies. I got dirty when I slid. I got to take a tubby time. Oh. <laughs> well, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> When uh, when you have wives and kids and aren't so miserable in your own individual lives. I have a life. Uh. You don't go home to a, an empty bed <laughs> and nothing. You'll understand that you've got to make up words for bath time. It's time for tubbies, everyone. We're going to have some tubby time. It makes should you feel any really better. My life a, is tubby time 24-7. First of all, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't feel bad. So, so well, let me stop you right Meat. there, Meat. Meat's right. Meat has tubby time every night. He go, Here's what he does. He goes home. It's different, though. He goes home. He grills it's a sicker. He grills a three-pound steak <laughs> on the grill. He eats the whole thing without leftovers. By myself. He goes, he goes into the tub in the bathroom. He makes himself a nice little bubble bath, uh-huh. gets a glass of Pinot Grigio, 
and then he takes <laughs> he takes an Instagram photo of his feet. This sounds like a great night. And then he and then he he posts it and he says, "Ah, I deserve nights like this." Hashtag tubby time. That's what he does. I don't I don't think I I see meat quite as a wine connoisseur. Are you? Not not no, quite. Not. Hey guys, I don't want to give you not. this image, but uh, oh god, I can't wait. Tubs to in my frame. It doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. When was the last this time a hot either tub? you actually took a, a bath? Meet us, meet us, Howard Taft. <laughs> William, William Taft. William Taft. Howard he can't get. How? Who the hell is Howard Taft? He got stuck in the bathtub. William Taft's brother, apparently. Will, William Taft over here. He's a. He 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 moved into his house, and he's like, "This tub is not going to work for me. Will- You're going to have to bust out this whole. You know what? Take out the toilet, and I need a tub that's big enough for my big butt." That's this, what meat did. This is why you don't share any sort of personal details <laughs> with anybody that's on the radio. Ranj never makes himself vulnerable, and now I know why. What are you talking about? This show is built on basically destroying your co-host. No, it, yeah. it's, it's a, not. Each it's of us a, are actively destroying each other, though, so what it's okay. Ta- what are you talking about? This show, about? as I've learned over the five months that I've been on it, feels like five years, is... Uh, Eat or be or be eaten. Yes. Okay. I don't think that's what it is. Everybody does their own show here in the fast lane, and you just try to survive, basically. Kinda. Oh. Yeah. Which I'll be honest, I like it a lot better than me getting crapped on nonstop. At least it's divided up a little bit more now. Fun fact. Hey, Stalter. I, I asked Meat. I said, Meat, when I when I joined the fast, lane, I said, Meat, what's something you want to change? And Meat goes, No. I don't want to be the guy that's crapped on all the time. And I go, no problem, Meat. I'm going to eliminate that. So what has happened is uh, Thank now you, by the way. some people, uh, Ranch and BT, they'll, they'll, they'll crap on me. And Meat doesn't say a damn word. No. <laughs> meat, meat, Meat's like, well, at least it's not me now. <laughs> I've, never been, I've never been part of a team that really isn't a team uh, since I joined the fast lane. Oh, what, oh don't, you don't mean on. that. Come on. Now, now we're cutting, what we're cutting th- deep here. When I think of uh, quality teams, yeah. this isn't one of them. Huh. Really? Huh. Okay. I, I think that when you're at home, mm-hmm. I am jealous of you being at home because when, I, when I'm at home, I don't have anybody that I can call out to uh, when I'm in the bathroom to come wipe my butt. You know? That's hey, I'm done. <laughs> Come wipe my butt. I'm starting to understand now why you're you're not married. Because if you think that's are you what saying, it is, uh, wait, hold on. Are you saying you it's been? Are you saying it's a me misguided. problem? Misguided. Are you saying it's a me problem? No. Ding. All right. Surprise <laughs> or demise? <laughs> NFL Week Three, Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. That's I got next. A, I got a tinky again. They clinched first place in their division years ago. The Fast Lane, brought to you by Schnucks on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals and Brewers game one starting up. We got some NFL talk as well for you. We're going to play NFL Week 3, Surprise or Demise. All right. So, Meet, what do you got for us? So, pretty much the focus here is going to be on a bunch of teams that are off to rough starts. 
want to know, in week three, will this team surprise you or will they just take another step to their eventual demise? Game number one, which I am glad you guys are across the table right now because this is going to get ugly. Anthony's 0-2 Falcons taking on Ranji's Super Bowl-bound 2-0 Bears. That's correct. Will this be a surprise week or a demise week for the Atlanta Falcons? Well, I think it's going to be a demise week. I think any time the, the Falcons play, it's uh, essentially a demise week. It's it's torture-based. It's it's not how... how uh, it's not whether they will lose. It's how badly they can jam the knife straight into your kidney and how many times. That's usually what it is with the Falcons. So, uh, Trubisky, I- 450 and four touchdowns. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you mean for start the, him, wait, start him in your fan duel DFS. Do you mean for the rest Don't of the year? That. No, Don't do that. No, I'm talking about Sunday in Atlanta, 450, four touchdowns. Don't give the people that advice, Anthony. You don't mean that? Well, I actually do mean Trubisky is oh. a perfect DFS start this week if you play DFS, FanDuel. Because the defense for the Atlanta Falcons is just god-awful? That's correct. Ding. All right, so what's more likely? A terrible defense stops a quarterback who's had a, a nice run of luck here over the first couple of weeks, or do you think it's the other way around that luck continues for him? I think that luck continues for one more week. Okay. Well, uh, he's going to attack that soft underbelly of the Falcons' defense, and he's also going to rip them, rip them apart vertically. All right, they got a couple of young corners that, how do I put this, don't know what they're doing. I would say this: bear down, because that's what's going to happen this weekend. Anthony, I uh, am currently, I've been told, wearing the hat of a loser. Yes, that's correct. You're wearing it. You're literally wearing Atlanta Falcons hat from Atlanta. Yeah, I am. Cool did you notice I changed hats before the I segment? Did. I did. In the middle of the segment, yeah. actually. How do you feel? Do you feel more like a loser now? I feel pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> dumb or numb? Dumb. Okay. I'm numb because I've had to watch He's that numb. Yeah. He, like, when they lost that game against Dallas. No emotion. It, it, nothing. It, it was like it, it, was, it was like he was watching, uh, uh, you know, Jack Flaherty dominate. He yeah. just kind of, it, it was. It, it yeah, was expected. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was texting me. Oh, man, that's unbelievable. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah well, what do yeah, you mean? Right, exactly. I've seen this. At what, what do you mean? At what point in a game do you just kind of put everything down and you say, all right, this is when it happens. This is when everything crumbles. True story. So when I watched the Super Bowl, I watched it with BT and his lovely family. Right. And I don't know, you guys probably don't remember the details of the game, but outside of the, obviously, the loss 28-3, to Matt Ryan fumbled when the Falcons were still up, three, I think, three scores in the third quarter. I turned to, I turned to BT and I said, the Falcons are going to lose this game. Hand of God, honest story. And he looked at me, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, stop, you know BT. Oh, you just want me to say that they won't lose it. I go, they'll lose. You can almost pinpoint when it's going to happen. Yeah. I can't remember when it, when it was during the Dallas game, but you just know. There is a small part deep down inside of you that's like, you do feel you do feel uh, distraught, I think, at times. But you, but the rest of you, your logic has suppressed all of that. Yes, because you just know you know it's going to happen. Look, the Blues Blues fans until they won the Stanley Cup, the Blues yeah. fans knew that they knew they knew something inevitably bad was going to happen. Now it's different. They won the Stanley Cup. As a Bears fan, you at some de- at some level, Ron, you have to wait for things to go bad. Well, of course. I mean, because uh, I was like seven the last time they've won. Right. So you have no real concept of. 
a winning franchise I, either. I had the Super Bowl shuffle record mm-hmm. and the VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I kind of remember. Not that you don't remember, but you don't. You didn't feel that. No, I don't feel. Yeah, when you're like six, you don't know. No, you don't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I felt that all the time with the Chiefs. Honestly, before they won, I, all the time that that uh, loss against the Colts, that comeback with yes. Andrew Luck, you knew, like you well, know, at some Marcus point, like, Mariota throwing a touchdown pass to himself. Yeah. I oh mean, my, forget about that. And I think in that Colts game, I don't remember if it was coming out of half or going in. There was an onside kick around there somewhere that Indy got back. I think, and it's just like you, you just know, you know. Yeah. What do well, you know? You know. Meet. I think that you. I hope that you savored this year's Super Bowl. Just in case I can't be there to celebrate it again this because year. Because it Thanks isn't going to happen again. Thanks anyway, go ahead. Surprise or demise, week three. You've got a 2-0 Tennessee Titans team on the road taking on an 0-2 Minnesota team that many thought could win that division. Is this a surprise or a demise week for Minnesota? I think this is a surprise week. And part of it is because I, like a lot of other people, picked them to win that division. Um, although the Packers are looking pretty good right now. They're, they're certainly looking better than the Bears are at 2-0. I think they're still more in the tank for this team. I think offensively they're better than what they've shown so far. Defensively might be, eh, you know, I'm not so sure about them as a defense. But I think this is the week that they actually surprise Tennessee and get that first victory. I wouldn't bet on the Titans. I wouldn't say, like, this is this is one of my favorite plays for Week 3. But I'm going to take the Titans. I think the Vikings' problems are real. And I was one of those people like you, Ronch, that had the Vikings winning the NFC North. So to jump off that that bandwagon after just two weeks seems kind of premature. But Ryan Tannehill's averaging like 244 yards and three touchdowns so far. He's been good since the middle of last year. The Vikings destroyed by Aaron Rodgers. And, okay, sure, that, that happens. But... You look at Minnesota, and last week they, they couldn't really corral that Indianapolis offense. I think they got serious issues, and I'm going to take I'm going to take the Titans to win. They do have some serious secondary issues. There's no question about that. I I don't know. I just I tend You're to probably think, not a big believer in Tennessee. I'm not, not that much. And I part of the problem is I think that I I didn't believe going into the season Minnesota could be this bad. But yeah. I, I'm telling you, if if they do lose this week, then their season is. Like this surprise or demise thing we're doing, I think it'll be 100% true if they lose. Absolutely. Two teams that are off to 0-2 starts. One of them I think is pretty shocking with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Philly and Cincy, both 0-2. I want to focus on Philly, though, because I think the 0-2 start for Cincy maybe most saw that coming. Philly, is it a surprise or demise week? I, I think it's more demise. I think Cincinnati could go in there and upset them. And it's not that I'm a huge believer in the Bengals because they just they don't have the overall talent. But when you watch Philadelphia, a lot of people are like, what's wrong with Carson Wentz? He, he needs to improve, but he nearly had his head taken off in week one by Washington. And then last week, he threw two interceptions. But if you watch the play, the wide receiver, um, the, there was one to J.J. Uh, White's, the, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside that he, he – st- he did. He like rounded off his route and allowed the corner to, to, to catch up and break and have an, and and pick pick him off. And then Jalen Rager, the the uh, rookie, did the same thing where he didn't come out of his his break fast enough and the corner cut it off. And so those two picks are on Carson Wentz, but he doesn't have much help. 
the offensive line stinks. The the wide receivers they're not they're not on the same page. Last week the Rams, Sean McVay picked on those linebackers for the Eagles. I think Cincinnati they don't they don't throw the ball vertically because of Joe Burrow. It's a lot of short passes. I could see Cincinnati pulling off an upset. I'm I'm 100% with you. I, I do think they win that game. In fact, I think that what's going on with with Philadelphia is alarming, especially if you're an Eagles fan. You should be worried about what's going on there. Uh, Wentz is not accurate. He's having all kinds of trouble getting the ball to people, as you mentioned already. And I'm I would bet that if you if you would ask these players how they feel privately playing alongside them, I bet there's a lot of. Uh, you know how people felt about Mitch yep. last year, like his teammates probably felt about him last year, and you know before he became a a new man during this last training camp, everybody said Mitch is different. I like to call him a quarterback god. Continue. Yeah. Anyway, he's a quarterback god because he's going to win again this weekend. But I I think that his teammates are starting to feel about him, and I don't know this for sure, but I get the impression his teammates are starting to feel about him the way a lot of Bears players felt about Mitch last year. All right, that is surprise or demise. I think it's going to be one of those weekends. The dogs, the dogs will be barking. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about that next year on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick them. It's the Fast Lane Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN, powered by Bud Light and Schnucks Rewards. So in the first two weeks, uh, you just heard Brad Barnes say, hey, make sure that you fill in your tiebreaker. Why is that, Meat? Because if you don't, we'll shoot you in the ass. Even after you got 13 points, which yeah. is what you did last week for the 101ESPN.com and uh, Fastlane Rizzuto Show Pick'em Challenge. I had a great week. Points. On Sunday, Sunday night, I was thinking to myself, this is awesome. After taking the shot last week, there is no chance I'm going to lose. I didn't even look at your guys' scores. Right. 13. 13. I'm good. I was not good. Uh, I was not good. Yeah, you, you were, were not good. You just didn't pick your tiebreaker. Boys, this is what uh, what what I call a course correction. That's exactly week. what the last week was so damn easy. And is I that say also that, known as a reality check for the Riz Show? Yes. Oh God, yeah, they're going to get smoked this week. Yeah, they are a hundred percent going to get smoked, and they're going to be embarrassed. Unless they're listening right now, and they're like, "Well, we better take some underdogs because those guys know what they're talking about." In the or fast we lane. could be steering them wrong right should now we, on purpose. Should we say opposites this segment? Well, let's. Let's not confuse everybody, boys. Let's think about it. Okay. Course correction week. The favorites have won straight up the first two weeks at a ridiculous rate. I think the favorites are like 26 and something over the first two weeks. Last night we saw an underdog, and it wasn't a big underdog, but the Dolphins were three-point dogs. They go into Jacksonville and absolutely put it on them. They're up 14-0 after the first quarter. They're up 21-7 after the half. Jacksonville wasn't in it in the second. 31-13. This is a Miami team that didn't play well in the first two games. And Jacksonville not only picked up the win in week one, but they had the Titans on the ropes there for a while last week. So this wasn't this wasn't a, a matchup that was necessarily favored for, for Miami. I think the underdogs are going to have a big week. Specifically, I think that, and we talked about this in the last segment, I could see Cincinnati pulling off the upset in Philadelphia. For some reason, the Eagles are one of those teams that they didn't change the quarterback, they didn't change the offensive play caller, Ranch, but they look 
like a team that didn't have preseason, that was impacted by the shortened offseason. They look a mess offensively. And Cincinnati's got a rookie quarterback, Mm -hmm. but the way that Cincinnati continues to kind of possess the ball and throw short, that's how the Rams were able to rack up a bunch of yards against the Eagles last week. I could see the Cincinnati pulling off the upset. And I could, too. And I don't know how much this actually matters, but let's just look at the two quarterbacks in question, Wentz and Burrows. Uh, Burrow. Of those two quarterbacks right now, which one do you think appears to be the most confident? I would. I mean, I would say Joe Burrow put the ball in the air like 61 times last week. Yeah. That's exactly how I look at him, too. And I know he's, he's very young in his career. And he's still got a ton to learn. But if I have to put the two quarterbacks up against each other and I'm looking at confidence and maybe confidence in the quarterback amongst the teammates, I think Cincinnati's probably in a better position right this second. And that could change here. It could change over the weekend. It could change within a couple of weeks here. But I feel more comfortable with all of the Joe Burrow unknown there is at the moment. I feel more comfortable going into a weekend game with those two quarterbacks going head-to-head in the younger guy because I it, it, it just appears to me from everything that we've seen so far that Wentz is just a mess yeah like he's just and he's just a mess it, no it isn't all his fault but you know I, I can't imagine that, that he's in a good headspace right now yeah, and I, I don't know no, when he comes out of it he's got no time and as I mentioned before with the, his, with his wide receivers he's got a lot of young wide receivers this kid Jalen Rager who they took in the first round this year he's I think he's going to be out this week because he's a little banged up but they weren't on the same page last week wound up being an interception for Wentz even a guy like Arcega Whiteside who was there a year ago he doesn't look like he's on the same page led to another pick and ESPN stats and info have, has has some good numbers on Carson Wentz he's posted a 28.1 total QBR this season that's second worst in the NFL and according to ESPN's metric, that NFL next-gen stat, Raj, yeah. he's been terrible both against man coverage and against zone. Against zone specifically, he's thrown three interceptions. He's taken six sacks, both most in the NFL. So it's more to me about the Eagles, less about the Bengals. But this is one of those games where I'm looking at it, it's a five-and-a-half-point spread. I'm like, I'm not laying five-and-a-half points with the Eagles against anybody. Average defense, and they have right now literally the worst offense in the NFL. Which is shocking. And, and it's only two weeks, but, right. I mean, that's where they are at the moment. It's shocking because Washington, granted, the, the defensive line is good, but yeah. otherwise the secondary is not. And they played the Rams last week. The Rams look much better than a lot of people thought. But, again, not necessarily dominant. We've talked about the Bears. All kidding aside, I can absolutely seeing the Bears go into Atlanta and pull off what what – based on the point spread, would be a small upset. Atlanta's defense is is terrible. If only they had a defensive head coach, Ron. You know, there's a guy yeah. named Dan Quinn, I think might 100% fit the bill of what you're talking about. Maybe they so should maybe hire him. They should probably hire him and see how it goes. Mm. He might get him to a Super Bowl. You never know. Yeah, and then blow a lead. So I think the Bears could go into Atlanta and win. Speaking of the Rams, I know nobody wants to hear it here. Yeah, They're only a two-point dog against the Bills. I know everybody's all hot and bothered with the Bills and Josh Allen and this, that, and the other thing. With the way that the Rams have played, specifically defensively, over the first two weeks, I could see them upending Buffalo. The offense, who everybody wanted, oh, Sean McVay, that was your hero, right? The boy wonder and all He's that. He's good. He's very good. And they are proving it right now. The first two years for Sean McVay, giving surrounding you know basically building the offense around Todd Gurley why did the offense start to look shaky a year ago 
because Todd Gurley was probably done two years right. ago. And he, he went with a lot of two tight end uh, looks out of the offense. And they, they were basically running on the fly a year ago. Full off season. They knew they weren't going to have Gurley. They turned the page, and they've been solid. They've been very efficient offensively. So I can see them upending Buffalo. Only team that's probably been better, maybe Green Bay. I guess you can make an argument Seattle has been better offensively. Certainly. But the, the Rams are right there with the three of them, or with the two of them. And you can include the Ravens in that mix as well. So they're, they're obviously in good position there. And on defense, they, they've got the pass rush because of Donald. He changes he changes everything. everything. Yep. And they've been really good in coverage as well. So that is not a bad team at all. And I think, and I, I probably did the same thing too going into the regular season, thinking like, eh, you know, it's the Rams. Right. I, I think maybe that was a one-hit wonder with McVay. Still thinking he was a pretty smart coach. I just, I, I didn't think he'd be able to make this turnaround. And I really do believe this turnaround for them is real couple other ones, and again, I'm, I'm not picking every underdog here. Like, oh, you're just going to run down the list and say every underdog? No, I think I think Seattle takes it to Dallas on Sunday afternoon. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, I would lay the five and a half against the Lions because the Lions, obviously a mess. I think the Ravens on Monday night, and we can talk about this a little bit more on Monday, I think the Ravens are going to beat Meats. Chiefs and the Ravens are favored. I do too. I think that the, the, the Colts are going to win that game I against the, the Jets. Are that's be, that's yeah, easy. Patriots, I think, are going to be fine against yeah. BT's Raiders. So it's not every underdog, but I'll give you, I'll give you one underdog that's going to surprise some people. And at the very least, I think they cover. I don't know about pulling off the outright upset, but I, I like Denver at home, even with Jeff Driscoll against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Whoa. Tom Brady has a losing record on the road against only two teams. You know who they are? The Broncos and? The Broncos would be one. I was alluding to that one. Any other guesses on the on the second one? The second one's going to surprise you. I was going to say Colts, but. It's not the Colts. On the road. It's on the road. Tom Brady's got a losing record. And it's, it's by like one or two games. Is it a conference team? It's a conference team. Jets. Close. Buffalo. Oh, my God. Is Close. it within the, in the division? <laughs> Dolphins! The Miami Dolphins. Got it! Okay. He's got yes. a losing record in Miami. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. But Tom Brady's got a losing record on the road against Denver. There's nothing to like about the Broncos. Drew Locke is likely out. Cortland Sutton is hurt. definitely yeah. out. Everybody's hurt. There's no, this point spread makes no, no sense to me. Why Tom Brady would only be laying five and a half, so favored by five and a half, in Denver with no crowd, right. limited crowd. I don't know what Denver's doing. But limited crowd, they don't really have a – there's nothing to like about the Broncos. But it's tough early in the season to go into Denver and win in the high altitude, especially when you didn't have a preseason. You only, you've only played two games, limited practices and all that. I could see Denver at least being in that game in the for, late in the fourth quarter and covering that spread. They might be able to cover, but I don't think they're going to win that game. I, st- I still think what's going on offensively for Tampa Bay, it's probably not as, as crisp as I thought it was going to be early on in the year. Yeah. And, and, yeah, there's a there's a learning curve. He's got Gronk with him, Tom Brady does, but still a lot of new moving parts for him. He's in a brand-new system, which he's never been a part of any other organization before until now. So there is a learning curve there, I do think, but uh, they're still okay. 
still look pretty good, and I think there's going to be continued improvement. That includes this weekend. That's Chris Ranji. I'm Anthony Stalter. What is the most significant injury right now in the National Football League? We'll ask that of John Clayton, our NFL insider, next on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Chris Ranji. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. We're joined by our NFL insider, John Clayton, 710 ESPN in Seattle. And, uh, Professor, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, I, this is almost an impossible question for you, but is there, is there one injury that you can isolate to say that it, it is the most significant injury for any team heading into week three? I'd have to say uh, Nick Boza because you saw what Nick Boza was able to do last year. He came on a team that won only two games the year before. It's second worst team in football. And then, uh, you know, he helps elevate that offense, the defensive line, to a point they're one of the better defenses in football. And, of course, uh, he was the one addition on the defensive line that made a big difference. And, of course, remember, they traded for D. Ford, but D. Ford only played about 23.6% of the time because of injuries. And so I think that Boza is probably the most significant injury on a team right now that's just absolutely wrecked. I mean, can you believe of the original 46 players that uh, started the season for the San Francisco 49ers that were active, 11 are either on injured reserve or out for this week's game. You know, they did scratch George Kittle today with the knee injury. That's two for him. They've lost three starters on the defensive line. They still don't know about Toro uh, Witherspoon, the cornerback, he's questionable. And so this is just an absolute mess. And, and their starting quarterback is out, too. I mean, you've yes. just got, like, like everything is going wrong for them at the moment, which is uh, it, it's pretty stunning, actually, that it's, that it's that bad for the 49ers all at once. Yeah. And they were concerned the way, about, about the turf about the they played well, on last four, week. There's four yeah. incidents right now that, uh, you know, first they had to play the game in the smoke, you know, the air quality was like uh, 160, okay? That was game one. They tried to go on the team plane to get to the East Coast. Uh, somebody crashed into the uh, parked uh, plane, so they had to get a new plane to fly east. Then they get all the injuries in the game in, uh, in, the, in MetLife Stadium, and they had to wait till they got down to uh, the uh, Greenbrier to be able to get the MRIs on Boza and Solomon Thomas, and the, uh, the uh, vehicle carrying the MRI machine broke down. Wow. That's, Jeez, it's, that's, a, that's remarkable. When it rains, it pours for them. So, uh, and, and again, you know, we mentioned the turf, and they were concerned about that. The NFL checked it out. Everything's okay, huh? Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it met the standards. I mean, but I'm, I'm sure right now the standards aren't going to equal what the uh, 49ers feel because the players – you know in the back of their mind are feeling like this is going to be grabbing and there's going to be more injuries in this game, and there very well could be. I mean, you know, I know that we had, uh, what, nine uh, ACL tears in the first two weeks, including one ACL tear, if you want to include uh, Leon Jacobs from last night. But there were seven, but overall three of those came in MetLife Stadium. John Clayton joins us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And, and John, I, I feel like... Drew Brees was trending in the wrong direction two years ago toward the end of the year. And, of course, they, the Saints not only won the division, but they went to the playoffs. Last year, same deal, although he missed five games when Teddy Bridgewater started. But, boy, he, he looks like Peyton Manning did when Peyton Manning 
uh, won the Super Bowl, but it was mostly the Broncos' defense. Is it is it unfair to say that that Drew Brees is likely done at this point? It's, it's unfair because uh, you know, that would be just saying. And you watched, the, the, and I think that was a great analogy you came up with with the Peyton Manning. Because I mean, you looked at Peyton Manning, and he was just kind of a shell of himself, but he still was able to uh, take and win a Super Bowl. And so it's like uh, you can't rule him out because again, his mind is so good. And of course, last week he didn't have a guy that usually gets nine or ten catches a game, and it won't happen this week. And Michael Thomas, but uh, it looks to me like this, this is clearly going to be the last year, and they're going to have to break up the team at the end of the year anyway because of the lower cap and all the different problems there. But overall, I think that uh, you, know, you can see that his arm strength, which usually kind of melts in the second half of the season, now starting to melt right now. He's just not getting the ball downfield. And even though he scored 34 points on Tampa Bay, he only completed roughly 60% of his passes. How did only one other team besides the Patriots even check in on Cam Newton in the offseason? Well, simple thing. I think what it was is that uh, they knew they couldn't give him a physical, and, and it was the same thing with the Patriots. And so it's like, okay, if we can't have a physical and a guy that's been hurt in each of the last three years, what can we do? But the Patriots took a chance, and then, of course, what they did, and I think uh, you know, it was pretty smart on Bill Belichick's point, that they did this at a time where basically they had signed their draft choices and there was less than a million dollars left in the cap. And Cam wanted to play so much, he says, fine, I'll, I'll take that. I'll pay $1.75 million. Just wait for me to get the physical. And so he agreed to it. He liked the idea of coming to New England. He really likes it now. And I thought he had one of his best games in his career, completing 71% of his passes, not throwing an interception, and moving the ball up and down the field in the second half. John, when you look at the situations in Atlanta, Detroit and New York with Matt Patricia, Dan Quinn, and Adam Gase, respectively. Could you see one of those guys, if not multiple guys, fired at some point in the first half of the season? Yeah, and of course, you have to wait to the bye week. I'd say it's going to be two out of three, you know, because Adam Gaze is probably on the hottest seat because here he's got Sam Darnold, and he's wasted the first four years of his career. And of course, he inherited him, and he was supposed to make him good, but right now there's nothing at wide receiver. Le'Veon Bell's on injured reserve. they got injuries and problems on the offensive line. They probably made a mistake by making four offensive line changes because the blocking's been terrible, and so that looks bad. Here's Matt Patricia. How about this? He's a defensive coach, right? And so he's blown four straight games dating back to last year when he had double-digit leads. And if you look at the time he's been the head coach, they're 2-7-1 and one when they have double-digit leads. And he's a defensive coach. In the case, as you can see, that Dan Quinn <laughs> is on a hot seat. But uh, right now, it's, I think that uh, Arthur Blank's not one to change. And then think about this. Who are you going to change to? I mean, because, uh, you know, he's got two coaches uh, uh, that are basically calling the defensive plays. Are you going to go to them? Or are you going to go to Dirk Cutter? So I think he makes it through the season, but not to next year, if they keep on going the way they're going. So what he really wanted to have you say, Anthony, is that uh, Dan Quinn's going to get fired here immediately after the Falcons lose to the Bears this weekend. <laughs> he d- he's, John said the exact opposite, Ron. You no, he's going to make it through the he season. Wants you, he wants you to say they're going to lose to the Bears, and then immediately Quinn's going to lose his job. I'm a Falcon yeah. fan, John. So Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an interesting point because, you know, I do the sidelines uh, on the, visiting, the opposing team of the Seahawks on the broadcast, right? And so, uh, of course, it's different this year because I'm doing it uh, – 
like I'll be doing the Cowboys sidelines from home, just like I've done the last two weeks doing everything from home, which is kind of unusual. But I literally was five feet behind Arthur Blank in the final three minutes of the game when he's looking up at empty uh, stadium at a home game. They were 1-7 and seven heading into the bye week, and I was wondering, like, okay, is this going to be it? And because Dan had taken the team to the Super Bowl and he liked Dan, he stayed with him and he won six out of the last eight games and got him to seven wins. And I think it's going to be the same thing. I can say, say what you thought about Arthur. I think he appreciates the fact that Dan got him to the Super Bowl, but as a Falcon fan, you're probably having the possibility of a new coach and a new general manager next year. Uh, John, final question for you. As as you know, you you're obviously very close with the Seahawks and and Russell Wilson. It's hard to say that he he has looked uh, as better than he than he has ever has before. But he does. He lo- he looks like he's in complete command of this offense. Do you think that this is the year with Brian Schottenheimer as the OC that the Seahawks really make some some noise in the in the playoffs? In other words, are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Yes, they are. Because even though their defense has given up more yards than anybody else in the league, you know, remember they had two good quarterbacks they faced, Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, and this week they've got Dak Prescott, and he'll get a lot of yards in this game. But they've led by two uh, double digits in each of the first two games, and offensively, Russell scoring 36 points a game. He's got the uh, he's right now has 82 percent completions in the first. Uh, two weeks of the season, and an NFL record, nine touchdown passes, averaging nine yards. The, the line here in Seattle is let Russ cook. Right now he looks like Emerald, Emerald or Glossy. <laughs> well said. John, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the action. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. Clayton, 710 ESPN in Seattle, our NFL insider. Uh, Jack Flaherty. Once again, struggling with the Milwaukee Brewers, which is which is surprising. But we'll talk about that. We'll also bet the board next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Five oh four. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Before we bet the board here in the fast lane with Chris Ranji, I'm Anthony Stalter, Jack Flaherty, struggling again with the Brewers today. Brewers up 3-0. He's been taken deep once, I believe. It's where we're kind of trying to pay, pay attention to the game by also doing the show. So I, I don't know if it's just one home run or two home runs. But not not a great start once again against this Brewers team. So he threw a pitch. He fell, slipped on the mound. And it was enough. It was concerning enough that everybody came out from the dugout. Mike Schilt came out from the dugout. The trainer came out to check on him. I guess he stayed on the mound for a minute. Um, finally got back up, threw some warm-up pitches to make sure he was okay. Looked like he might have rolled his ankle a little bit, but he stayed in the game. Christian Yelich hit a home run immediately. Well, that wasn't so, nice of, uh, of Christian Yelich to do that. I mean, give Jack a minute. Yeah. Take yeah. a pitch. Yeah, Half right? swing at least. Yeah. yeah. So, Although Dylan Carlson took Corbin Burns deep last night when Corbin different. Burns had clearly had, I don't know, torn his oblique pitch before we're not talking about the past anthony it's true it's a good point that was last time i am not here to talk about the past andrew brand meet what do you got for us better bet this weekend week three in the nfl to go three and oh is it the packers taking on the saints or the seahawks against the cowboys i like both to win i think it's the packers do you michael thomas is out again yeah Devontae adams is out the seahawks though 
You would you you feel better about the Packers? Yeah, winning because on I, the road against New Orleans. I think Seattle will have a more difficult time against Dallas than the Saints are going to or the, uh, the the Packers are going to have against New Orleans. Ranch, I haven't heard a take this wrong since your take yesterday on Carlos Martinez. Woo! And that that puppy was wrong. The listeners didn't like that tech. That you know what, either. Anthony? Why didn't you ask uh, John Clayton about Alvin Kamara? Because I asked him twice a couple of weeks we'll ago. Make I it, why don't we, you make it three we times? Covered it. We covered Sit that. You, well, are you sure? I feel really good about the Seahawks beating the Cowboys. The Cowboys, of course, were gifted a win. They're going to be really overconfident. Michael Irv, if if the Cowboys feel like Michael Irvin did about the Cowboys and that, oh, look at this, they're so gritty and unbelievable comeback. You all thought that they were dead. The Cowboys are going to get smoked by the Seahawks. Smoked, huh? Smoked. So how are the Saints Free win. How are the Saints Last even week. gonna put up a fight? Oh, I like the Packers too. I just feel more confident about the Seahawks beating the Cowboys. I'm talking about putting up a fight. What are they gonna do? Drew Brees gonna eat the receiver did the receivers he does he does have left, did they learn how to catch with their feet? He's gonna throw to Kamara nineteen times. Okay. Yeah. Four yards, four yards at a time. And six touchdowns. But I do like the Packers, too. I'm with you, Ranch. It's just not more than the Seahawks or the Cowboys. Whatever. Go ahead. Over, under. We're going to keep building on the Packers here. <laughs> grow up, Ranch. You grow up. Over, under on NFC teams that are better than the Packers as we stand right now. Two and a half. Better than better than the Packers. Well, nobody in the NFC East is better than the Packers. You've got Seattle, probably. Yeah. New Orleans, like Green Bay better right now, given the, the given that Michael Thomas is out and Drew Brees looks shaky. I like Green Bay better than Tampa. Do you like Green Bay better than the Rams? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say under. I'll say Green. It's Green Bay, Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans. Those are your top three teams in the NFC, with the Rams and the Saints. Or I'm sorry, the Rams and the Bucks kind of nipping at the heels, and of course the Bears. Bears are right there. All right, enough. Mm-hmm. So Yachty records hit number 2,000 last night. Another inch closer to that Hall of Fame status, first ballot Hall of Fame for, for some of us. Over under on years the Yachty is on the ballot before he gets in. Oh, I think it's wow. one and a half. One and a half. I think it's – all right, so I think it's over. I think it takes him two ter- – I think the second try he gets in. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be first ballot Hall of Famer. I think there are just some people who are opposed enough to his candidacy that, that he's probably not going to get all the votes he requires the first time on. But by the second time, I think he's in. I'm with you on that. I don't think that there's going to be enough offensive numbers for, for a lot of the voters. Right. But given all that he the, – the, you know what the key is? Yes, the, the defensive – metrics and all that stuff, but we, we all know what he means to the, the Cardinals. You know what the key is? Longevity. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's mostly about longevity when it comes to the Hall of Fame, at least from the voter standpoint, not necessarily my personal feelings. Right. I think he gets in based on longevity. Well, although, so if that's the case, the longevity alone should get him in right away. Right. But I don't think it's going to. You know, I don't, I don't think that's solely what's going to do it for him. However, if he does play another two seasons... 
and he's still about as productive over those two seasons as he is right now, maybe that changes. Yeah. But I think if, if he retired as soon as this year was over, which he's not going to do, but if he did, I think then there's probably a, a one-year wait for him as soon as he's eligible. He should be in the hall. Oh, he, well, he's going to be in. It's just Some a matter of... I don't feel that way. I, I think those people are dwindling. I don't, I, I, I don't They're not dying. They're not dying or anything. But I think they are slowly but surely having their minds changed. I just think they're going to make them wait for it at least a year. A couple of teams have scur- scored 30 or more. Skirt. Skirt. Yeah. Ski woo. A couple of teams Ski-woo. have scored 30 or Hello, more Pestis. last weekend uh, in the NFL. Who's the better bet to score 30 or more this week? Is it the Rams who are taking on the Bills? Or the Titans, who have the Vikings. Oh, Titans. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> it's the Titans. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo yeah. Buffalo defensively is very strong. And I, I could see, just like Ranch and I talked about it earlier, I could see the Rams pulling off a very small upset against the Bills. They're only a two-point dog, so it wouldn't be some massive upset. But I could see the Rams doing it. But it it, it would be mostly because that off that defense forces a couple of mistakes out of Josh Allen. But the I, Vikings defensively, I mean, they've, they've, had some, they've had some problems, yeah. which is shocking because the personnel is still there. It's not It's not what it was. You brought this up a couple of times, Ron. The secondary's a bit of a problem. But Mike Zimmer is a very good defensive coach. Yeah. But they they just, look, it's one thing to kind of get ripped up by Aaron Rodgers. It's it's another to go on the road against the Colts and still not be able to get the stops that you need against Phillip Rivers, who looked done a year ago. There have only been like three or four teams worse in coverage than then this so far this year. Which is very surprising. Yeah. Shouldn't be that bad. So you've got LeBron and the Lakers who are just ready for another title. Add another one on to the, the mantle for the Lakers. LeBron. I think Jimmy Butler and company. Uh, you're crazy. Oh, Buckets? You think yeah, Buckets is going to stop not gonna them? Happen. I think that they're going to give them a run. You like, think Bam and Buckets are yeah. going to take care of the lake? they got to get past Boston first. Oh, well. they got a chance tonight. Yeah, you can hear it on 101 ESPN. Uh, so, LeBron James, the Lakers, they're in the finals. We'll see who they take on between Miami and Boston. Most likely Miami, who leads 3-1. to one. I want to know over-under in the NBA finals for LeBron James point average for the finals. So, round one of the postseason, he scored 27 points per game. Round two, just over 26. Round three... 25. Set the over under at 27 points per game for LeBron in the NBA Finals. What do you take? 27? Uh, push. He's going to score 27 per game. Why would you do that? What do you mean? You're such a jerk. What do you mean? I just 27 that's the exact and a half. There under. You go. Under. He's at 27. <laughs> I should have taken the over just to piss you off. This guy. Uh, 27? Yeah. AD's been a beast too, man. He Both has. of them. They they uh, what combined for sixty last night. LeBron, LeBron, as always, and this has almost been kind of the knock on him. He has done a, an excellent job facilitating. Like it shouldn't be a knock, but we're so used to Jordan taking over games and all that. That right? How could you how could you pass up a shot to an open guy when you got two guys in your face, LeBron? Right. You got to take that shot. Having said that, I think he goes slightly under as well. Yeah, but 
26, 27. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still I, impressive. It's going to be exactly 27, so could you please stop trying to undermine okay, me? Okay, all right, fair enough. That's Chris Ranji. I'm Anthony Stalter. Did you see, by the way, the Lakers appealed to the league because he's not getting fouled? He's, he had only gone to the, to the line like 10 times the entire round in the first three games of the series, and they were like, come on. That's when you're when you're that big, that strong, and fast, there's no way you're not getting fouled on like every play. But they just kind of it was the same thing with Shaquille O'Neal. They just he could never get the foul called. That's some real crybaby BS, right there. Whoa! I for one believe it though. Of course you do, because look at, look at you. Everybody's out to get LeBron. I don't think so. I really don't. Including you. You're the worst offender. NFL Pick'em Challenge, 101ESPN.com. Don't forget to get your picks in. What are the three plays that you are most confident in, confident mm-hmm. in and what are the three that you're, oh, I really, I need some more time. That's next on 101ESPN. forget about the NFL Pick'em Challenge, 101ESPN.com. It's all brought to you by Schnooks Rewards and Budweiser. You can get your picks logged in, have a chance to beat guys like me. I didn't say me. I said meat. Like oh, Brad meat. Barnes. I thought you meant you. Look, yeah, it's, you happen, me it's happened twice. I am laying down the law. From here on out, I will not lose. You know what's funny about that, Me? Can you at least beat the Riz Show for crying out loud? For crying out loud. The last two years <laughs> after I was shot, by the Rizzuto show with the airsoft gun. Both times I said, I will not get shot the rest of the season. And they all laughed. And I didn't get shot again. That's Threw down right. the gauntlet. That is right. And you know what they said? What? Nothing. Uh huh. Because that's how they roll. Okay. I knew they, they didn't would. even compliment you? No. No, not at that's all. Despicable. Do you know what that show's lacking? Us? Quality? Integrity. Integrity. Yeah. Class? If they. Class? Integrity, couth. People still say that? No, no, never, never heard of that. I don't know. It's uh, you have no couth. I don't know. I don't even know what it means. Politeness? They don't. Have, well, they definitely don't have politeness. I'm not even sure they have manners. Uh, hey, speaking of couth, showing or having good manners? Told you. Or sophistication? Wow. See? Smooth. See? Yep. So they couth. lack that. Refinement. They lack all of the they refinement. Lack refinement. So, 101 ESPN Pick and Challenge. Let's write that down. Is it K-U-T-H? No, it's uh, with a Q. It's C. What's the matter with you? Anyways, NFL Pick and Challenge. Let's three three plays, three picks that you absolutely love and three picks that you're tormented by. Yeah, So three picks that I love, three that I'm tormented by. I'll give you one that I absolutely love. I know, I know what it is. Do you want me to just go ahead and say what sh- yours is? Sure. It's the Bears against the Falcons. It's the Cardinals. It is a bird, not the Falcons. It's the Cardinals over the Lions. I don't believe if it. If I'm going to circle one and feel real good about it, Cardinals. I think they cover that spread. I think they cover the five and a half. Kyler Murray has been the real deal thus far. He's been a stud. I like the Cardinals. To knock off the, the, the Lions. It's one of my three that I'm most confident Anthony, in. Anthony, I don't speak in point spreads. 
Okay, well, straight so, up. We're just straight doing up. straight up here. Straight up. Don't I, I confuse, love the Cardinals. Don't confuse the issue with numbers. Okay. That Lions secondary, here's a number for you. That Lions secondary is not good. Garbage? Garbage. They are garbage. That's a very good point. They're they're actually one of the worst in the NFL right now. If you look at, like, their, they, some sites have these, like, pass charts. Uh-huh. Heat zones, heat maps. Yeah. If you look at the Lions. It's all red. It's all red. <laughs> There's a, opponents are just completing passes left and right on them. Throw where you want to. In all three zones at all three levels. No problem. So okay. Kyler Murray, and he hasn't put up necessarily great passing numbers thus far. It's been mostly running. He's gonna, he's but going, I think he's going Yes, he's going to improve by the week. This is going to be one of those games where he uh, gains even more confidence than he's already got. And they're, they're going to be 3 and up. So the Cardinals are one of my three that I love. All right, well, here's one that I love, too. It's uh, the Bears oh, against another bird. Uh-huh. A dead bird. A dead bird called the Falcons. Yeah, they're going to roast them. They're going to yeah. roast that bird. So the Bears are going to go into Butthole Stadium, uh-huh. and they beautiful. are just – it is – but the roof looks like a sphincter. Right. Kind of hard not They're to. Gonna go, they are going to go into that building, and it's going to be what they call a bloodbath. You ever heard of a bloodbath? I have. They used to have them in the Roman times. <laughs> As you think everything has occurred in the Here's the thing about Anthony Stalter, for those of you just tuning into the fast lane for the first time in your lives. Anthony Stalter thinks everything in history was invented in ancient Roman times. Was it not? Ding. No. He, you think... You think uh, Revolvers were invented in Roman times, and they were they not. Worked. They were not. Well, late Roman times, because they had okay. swords for the gladiators. Yeah. Late Roman times uh-huh. for that that revolver. Okay. At any rate, here's what's going to happen. Bears are going to go in there. Mitch Trubisky is going to continue on the path that he's been on, which is stardom. Four, 450 and four. Well, he's not going to throw. He's not going to throw for 450 with four touchdowns. It's probably going to be closer to 240 couple of touchdowns, maybe one pick. That's what we're and, – and the, and the interception's not going to be his fault. It'll be – It'll be Anthony Miller's fault for short – for, uh, you know, crocodile arming a throw down the middle. Mm-hmm. That, that's – which is what always happens to him. So that's how the game's going to go. Uh, David Montgomery's going to run for 110. He's going to have one touchdown for himself. Mitch is going to throw the other touchdown. And uh, there you go. Meet. The pick I'm confident in is the Steelers against the Texans. Steelers are at home. I think this is a no-brainer. DeAndre We've, Hopkins, though. Well, Anthony, stop doing that. Uh, do you want to tell him? You're just teasing the people. Do you want to tell him, or do you want me to tell him? You can tell him, Ron. You can uh, tell him. Bob traded DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien. Son of a. Yeah. First yeah. rounder, second rounder, first and second rounder. Oh uh, no, he no. got David Johnson in return. That guy that tore up his knee a couple years ago. Northern, yeah, who, who actually it looks pretty good Northern right now. Northern Iowa's David Johnson. Yeah, he looks pretty good, but he doesn't look good enough to give up DeAndre Hopkins for. He looks good on like a Dexter Fowler compared to the rest of the Cardinals, kind of good. That's on right. Base, on like on base percentage. Like yeah. he's this guy's the, the only guy that gets on. He's base the skinniest still. guy in the group of fat skinniest guys. fat guy. Okay. Yeah. So Steelers. Yeah, actually, Steelers act- are the no brainer for me. He fits into his tub. Fair enough. That's yeah. Okay, some other two uh, two others that I'm absolutely confident in: Patriots over the Raiders. Okay? I'm with you. The Raiders, nice run last two weeks. You pulled off the upset on Monday night against the Saints. You also pulled one out of the out of, in the fourth quarter against Carolina in Week One. Good for you. You're going into Foxborough. Bill Belichick off a loss, I think, is like 180 and 0. 
I like New England, period, end of story. That's one of my more confident plays. I do too, man. And every time that I watch Cam Newton play, I look, I, I love the fact Mitchie football looks as good as he does. But my God, Cam, I'm thinking about him and what would have been in that offense, and uh, I, 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 I regret that he's not a part of that team. I think he's – they're not going to keep running it as much as they have. I think he's averaging about 13 designed run plays or something along oh, those and lines. And they opened it up a little bit on Sunday night. And it's going to keep happening that way too. So I'm, I'm right there with you on the Patriots. Here's mine, and it's not so much about the team I think is going to win. It's the team they're playing is just absolute dog crap. Colts? That's right. Yeah. The New York Jets might win two games all year. One against Miami and one against... I'm not even looking at the schedule, and I think <laughs> I think they're going to top out at two. I'm going to look at the Jets' schedule here right now, and I will uh, I will tell you exactly how many they're going to lose. All right, so uh, they're going to lose to the Colts. They're going to lose to the Broncos, Chargers, Cardinals, Bills. Uh, they'll win the Chiefs game. Oh gosh, they're going to win in Kansas City. Patriots. You just lost all credibility. Some massive upset. They've got no business winning. Probably some game Rams, Seahawks, Browns. Maybe Cleveland. Yeah, maybe maybe Cleveland. Maybe maybe Believe Land. After yeah. Sam Darnold takes a, you know what? Quick quick uh, stop at the Quiggly Wiggly. Then he <laughs> Piggly goes, Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. Maybe they beat the Broncos next week. Maybe. Anyways, so all right. There's your two. So you were talking about the Raiders. The, the, this team, by the way, after this week, they're going to go on four straight losses. Four straight. So oh, you've got uh, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, the Raiders. Did I say Oakland? No, I was going to. And oh, I okay. Said Las Vegas. So this week it's the Pats, then it's the Bills, Chiefs, Bucks after that. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. Mm-hmm. Two and four. Good luck. I'm feeling good about the 49ers. Despite not having a quarterback, I think that team is beating bruised still better than the Giants. I, I think that's a no-brainer. I'm with you on that one. Take it to the well, bank. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's not saying One much. of the questions in our Sports 6 pack will be, what was the what were the three games that you agonized over? Sports 6 pack. Is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Get your texts in at 65780. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is brought to you by Schlafly IPA, your new old reliable from St. Louis's original craft brewery. All right, time for the Sports 6 back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Here is Brad Barnes. Question number one. Question number. Anthony, you teased it. What are the three games or a couple of games that you guys have kind of been hemming and hawing back and forth on for this weekend in the NFL? Uh, I, whew, there's a couple that I've been going back and forth on, right? So, uh, one would be the Packers and Saints. I ultimately chose the Packers, but now that Devontae Adams is out for Green Bay, or looks doubtful, I should say, mm-hmm. that, that one gave me some pause. The other one, believe it or not, and I mentioned this before, I think the Broncos are going to hang with, with Tampa. I almost picked Denver to, to pull off the outright upset. I like them from a betting standpoint, but outright, I still took the Buccaneers. And then the, the, the one that I did choose the upset, but it look, the Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites, so it wasn't easy. I, I picked the Bengals. Yep. 
That was one I kind of agonized over. That's one I'm agonizing over for sure. The Packers Saints, I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, I want to say I've agonized over the Rams in Buffalo, but I kind of just think the Rams are going to... I feel more confident the Rams win that one than the other way around. So I don't even know if I'm agonizing over it. It's not the favorite right now, at least according to our Pick'em Challenge with... Uh, the uh, stupid Riz show. That's correct. According to the according to all of the people who have uh, voted so far, that's a pretty close. It's 55, 45%. Most people picking the Bills. I'm going with Los Angeles on that. I, I really I really like them. I, I mean, you know, uh, as a team, I like them and their talent and their ability. I think they're going to win. Question number two. Question number two. If Petro doesn't return for the St. Louis Blues, is Ryan O'Reilly your automatic captain? Oh, yeah. Who else would it be? You got Benner, you got Shinner, nah, Rubier. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Don't you steal my bit, me. <laughs> what? But, what anyways, like about? Mead said, you've got Shinner, yeah. you've got Pareko you've got. It's Binnero, Falky, Sunquist, Sunquist, Swero. Mm hmm. Sunquisto, yep. Thomaser, Thomaso, Thomaser. Yeah, no, Thomaser. it's Thomaso. Yeah. I think you're right. Yep. I think the uh, the uh, easy answer is Ryan O'Reilly, hardest working guy on the team. O'Reilly, O'Reilly or Ryanie, Ryanie, Rhino. I bet it's Rhino. Actually, there you go. that makes more sense. That was an easy question. Okay. Question number question three. Number three. Today, Michael Lombardi of uh, The Athletic, I think you can see him quite a bit on the NFL Network as well, mentioned that Cam Newton is easily a $25 million quarterback. I think that's safe to say because that's pretty much the very bottom end of the relevant and legitimate quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to AAV. Is Cam Newton a 30 to $35 million quarterback? Not with the injuries, no. Yeah. But... To Michael Lombardi's point, this this guy should be a starter somewhere. Now, I don't fault teams for being cautious about the injury situation, but, Ronch, have we gotten to the point, and I reference this this movie scene a lot because it's like the perfect, the perfect scene when I'm thinking of somebody that is, like, confusing themselves, but it's the Fonz and the water boy. He's the coach. Yeah. He's up at the, the chalkboard, and he's like, we're going to fake left. No, we're going to think about faking left and then go right, and then eventually he gets so tired out because – He's confusing himself that he sits down. Right. I wonder if that's what the Patriots have done to most teams in the league. Like, why aren't the Patriots signing Cam Newton? There must be something wrong. We have to stay away from him as well. They're so confused that the Patriots are like, yeah, this just makes sense. We lost our quarterback. Cam Newton's available. Let's sign him for one year. The only other team that even checked in was the Cleveland Browns. That's, that is a st- – you know what that, that is? Was they check on everybody. Accident. I don't think it was an accident. I think they were like, maybe Baker's not great. They accidentally called Cam Newton's agent because they wanted to talk to somebody else, and the, the agent's like, I've got Cam Newton, too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we've got Baker, but sure, tell us about Cam. Hey, Cam do you That's have the only reason why Patrick's Cleveland was, quote-unquote, checking in. Well, whatever it is, there were 30 teams that said, nah, we're good. Meanwhile... I, I, I understand that part of the issue, and when we talked to John Clayton, this is what he said, and I've heard this before, that because there weren't 
it, they, they didn't have the ability to do tryouts with him, so people couldn't check on his health and see how his ankle, shoulder, yeah, whatever. It's legitimate. Know. Yeah, it is. But isn't that the exact same thing for Joe Flacco, who got a job? That's correct. All right, so then why would Cam be any different? I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that there were teams that were worried about bringing him in as a backup quarterback and spooking their quarterback who was the starter. Maybe. Because I I think if you are, and I believe there's something to this, if you're a starter for some other team, like, you know, you are Baker Mayfield, okay, and the Cleveland Browns bring you in, there's Cam Newton sitting behind you. Yeah. And you're probably like, oh, God, Cam Newton's there. And you've probably got teammates going, hey, hey, Cam, how are you doing? Uh, Baker's like, what about me, guys? They're like, shut up. Shut up, Baker. Cam's here. I'm sure there was some concern that that would happen. I, I think the which basically what you're talking about is the, the fragile state of some of these young quarterbacks. Right. And not, yes, and not wanting to have somebody like Cam Newton come in and yeah, be in the same quarterback. But also, if you're that fragile as a quarterback, do you belong in the league in the first place? I would place? say no. Question, Question number, number four. There it is. The fall air is here, guys. It's crisp. It's cooler. Got a little bit of a breeze. What I like about fall is the food. Shocker there. Yeah, well. You get your hearty meals, your soups, your mac and cheese. From Hardee's? Hearty meal, uh, not Hardee's meals. Gotcha. Uh, would you try with the full flavors? You got me off track. Now he's thinking about Hardee's. I do like Hardee's. Would you try with the full flavors a pumpkin spice mac and cheese? Yeah. Mac and cheese? Yeah. Craft mac just, and cheese. Let's just go ahead and try that. Uh, yeah, I'll in Canada. The yeah. They came out with it. Sure. Yeah, I'll try it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I know. I'm on board for that? I hey. like, I, yeah, I am. I can't tell. Is this troll or text? No. I like pumpkin beer. I do, too. I like pumpkin. Yeah. I, I'm not like a – I like coffee, but I don't put a lot of stuff. Like, Ron, you always come in with your Frappuccino, Cremo. The cinnamon oat milk. Cinnamon, oat cinnamon oat milk foam, yeah. you, you big jerk. It is Anyways, pretty good. It's fantastic, right, Meat? Yeah. I'm good yeah. with yeah. Uh, like pumpkin whatever latte something or other if you put it in front of me i I, i'm a pumpkin fan hey so i'll try the mac and cheese i'm good for a i'm good for a couple of a couple of psls a year you know give me give me two pumpkin spice lattes a season and i and i'm good to go and i don't want to hear this crap from dudes like i'm too tough for pumpkin spice latte hey screw you it's delicious and if you don't like it you're an a-hole. And you know it's delicious. Whoa. You know it's delicious. I do like me some uh, I don't know about beer. the mac and cheese, though. I'm going to try it, though. I'm going to try it. I may say this is disgusting. I might love it. Upset alert. I'm not a big mac and cheese guy. Yeah, this is true. So we got some barbecue. Really? Uh, or... The gravy doesn't disappoint me as much. The mac and cheese. The mac and I, cheese I is messed up. I like so... mac and cheese, but growing up, I would always have it, and it was just kind of dry. Like, it wasn't melty, cheesy enough. It was just kind of noodly with dry cheese, yeah. and it turned me off totally barbecue whiskey saloon brought us in a couple of years ago some food and this was uh when we were in our tiny office and we had all these he brought us some barbecue and all the all this food and uh, we had some leftovers and there was a big tub of uh mac and cheese and we were taking leftovers home and i said meat you can have all the mac and cheese because who in the hell doesn't like mac and cheese nobody and meat just said okay cool this thank guy. you thank you Terror, terrorist, by the way. Come back in next week, 
You I know, didn't maybe, say thank you. I'm pretty sure I said, hey, I don't like it. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You said, okay, cool. And then, like, two weeks go story. by, and I open the fridge, and the mac and cheese is still in. The office fridge. The no. mac and cheese <laughs> is still in there. And I said, Meat, why didn't you take the mac and cheese? Yeah. I left it for you. Everybody, everybody likes mac and cheese. Meat says, ah, I don't really like mac and cheese that much. Anthony, do I sound like the kind of person that whether I like a food or not, I'm going to let food sit in the fridge well, you and did. go bad? It doesn't matter if you sound like no that. Food, you did no food, no bite left behind, Anthony. No and, and bite left, left behind. It, it was so still in the happened? fridge. What happened to the mac and cheese? He I left told it in the Ranji fridge. that I did not like mac and cheese, but nobody wanted to take it. No. And you know how it goes in the office. No, I left it. Nobody I wants le- to clean up. Oh, that thing of mine's been sitting in the fridge for three months. It'll sit there another couple more months. It's fine. My assumption. And that's what happened. Nobody my, wanted to take responsibility for you it. You know, my assumption that meat liked mac and cheese was the same assumption of, like, you crossing the desert and finally getting to an oasis and saying, I don't need any water. Right. There was no chance whatsoever I thought he would turn that down. I have a final ruling on this if you guys want it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Please. I'm disappointed in both of you. There's I know that. No. How can you be disappointed in me? Ron, as soon as you saw that mac and cheese was in there. Yeah. It was two weeks later, though. So by that point, no good. It was not two weeks. It was two weeks later. I'm just disappointed. It's meat's fault. Anthony, you saw me in one day eat like three different containers of ice cream at work. I did. I am not going to let food go bad. I will not. But you did. Okay. I've taken pizzas home. I've taken ice cream home. Right. Donuts. I got to think about this. I There's nothing to this. think about. Meat is embarrassing. We'll come back. We'll, ra- we'll uh, recap the show. Maybe I'll kick these guys off the show. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll do that. Is food here? And uh, we'll wrap things up here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Chris Ranji and Brad Barnes. I'm Anthony Stalter. BT will be back with us on Monday. He's calling the doubleheader today with Dan McLaughlin, Fox Sports Midwest. And the Cardinals currently trailing in game one at 3-0 where Jack Flaherty, he wasn't Horrible, but uh, Milwaukee just again they they just have the the guy's number. I don't know if they like call his uh, maybe his hotel room and they say, "Hey, we're threatening you." Well, what about now? He's at home. Do you think they called his yeah, home? I think so. Hey, do you think when they had the COVID scare and they're stuck in the Fister that he was yes. overtaken? Yes, he was possessed. No, yep. yes. No, that's outrageous. The Brewer team hotel. You you explain how he is dominant against every single team but Milwaukee. Come on. Uh, I think it's cheating. I think the Milwaukee Brewers clearly are cheating right now. Mm -hmm. I haven't discovered how. Yeah. But believe you me, guys, I'm going to find out. Guys, remember when I said I was a little concerned about the Cardinals-Brewers series? And I said, well, because the offense isn't good for the Cardinals, they're going to play in a lot of low-scoring games, a lot of close games, anything could happen. This no. is why I brought that up. No, you actually started the show by saying, since they won last night, mm-hmm. the opening game of the series, everything was uh, every, everything was on the up from here. That's what you said. That's true. I'm not going to deny that. So and then how are you going to keep going back on that? Uh, because the Cardinals... 
what's the term that we, we we're going to start using? We're going to de- suck. No, 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 no. We're going to develop a tubby new, time. Nope. Develop a new segment. Yeah. We're tubby time the, of the misery. The pit of misery. Pit of misery. Yes. That's because the Cardinals keep me in the pit of misery sometimes. I don't think that's what it is. I I'll tell you what. I couldn't tell you whether or not the Cardinals were going to win a game to save my life. Uh-huh. Like last night, for right. example, I was so sure that the Cardinals were going to lose that game against Corbin Burns. Right. And, of course, he winds up uh, shredding his oblique, mm. and they beat him. Today, I was very confident that Jack Flaherty would pitch well and the Cardinals would win game one today. And maybe they still will. But things don't look good. This team absolutely befuddles me on a daily basis. Oh, you're befuddled. Befuddled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's you know what that is? That is that is the mark of an average team. It's it's just a look, it, it's not taking anything away from them. It's not an insult. They're just an average team. They're they're a team that's that's going to be really good some nights and then other nights they're not going to be so good. Right. That's ju- it's just who they are. They're going and they're going to make you look wrong more times than not. And there are going to be times where they just they have a breakout night, everything's clicking, they get a great pitching performance from KK or whomever, and then they put up six runs or seven runs. But it is telling how we talked about this yesterday and how when they score five, you're like, there you go. But then you look around baseball on a nightly basis and you see there are all kinds of teams scoring five runs a night. It's, yeah. not, it's not unusual, but when they do it, it seems like an achievement. That right there tells you because you feel like it's an achievement when they do it. That tells you they just they're just a, they're an average team. Yeah, they're not great. They're they're good enough that maybe they can go on a run. They could probably do it in the playoffs, but they're just they are who they are, man. By the way, the Cardinals as of right now would play the Padres. Yeah, Padres manager Jace Tingler on Friday wouldn't rule out Mike Clevenger being available during the wild card round, and okay. I'm sure there's some gamesmanship that goes in there, like. Even if Mike Clevenger has to have his arm cut off, they'd still say, yeah, you know what, he could be available. But that's the most optimistic outlook I've seen thus far on Mike Clevenger, who got who just got hurt a couple of days ago for the Padres. Tingler also said that, rest assured, when they get to the playoffs, nobody will swing away 3-0. and Well, maybe they should because they got a bunch of really good hitters, like uh-huh. Tommy Pham and Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. and Manny Machado. And Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland. Jerickson Profar. That's pretty good. And who's the second baseman? Cronenworth. Yeah. They got a whole bleeping lineup that's just filled with studs. Studs. And I know they're they're slumping. They've they've had some difficulty scoring runs. Will Myers. And Will Myers. But I, I would venture to say a team like that, once the playoffs start, they could very easily flip a switch. And the offense could start scoring again. I, I mean, I could see that happening. But as we talked about earlier, Anthony, if they end up playing that team in the first round, in a wild card round, I would feel pretty good going up against them in a best of three as opposed to, you know, a best of five or a best of seven. Right. I think when you, the longer the series goes, the worse your chances of an upset are, I think, anyway. John Gant, I believe, just walked off the mound with a trainer. Come on. He threw five pitches. Uh, there was a hit allowed. It looked like to oh. shallow right center. He came off immediately after the five. Ryan Helsley is in now. Wow. 
Okay. Damn. So we'll update you Come there. On Don't now. forget about 101ESPN.com. Pick em, NFL Pick'em Challenge, the Fastlane Rizzuto Show Challenge, all brought to you by Budweiser and Schnooks Rewards. You'll also find our podcast, Fastlane Podcast, at 101ESPN.com. And you can also download the 101ESPN app and stream our podcast. Ron, what did you learn today? Well, uh, what I learned is we can't have anything nice. We came in here with feeling that the Cardinals would have a really good day. Maybe they still will. Maybe they come back and win this game uh, in you game one. You know it's one. over. Maybe they come. Maybe, maybe they win game two tonight. Maybe they decrease that magic number. Who the hell knows? Maybe they have a magical next uh, three hours and they end up clinching a playoff spot tonight. Tonight, But um, I don't like this John Gant news. And I feel like learning that here in the last couple of minutes has sort of brought me down. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my best to have a good Friday night and a good weekend, and I will see y'all on Tuesday. What? Ronja's out Monday. This John Gant, first of all, third, third person. Shut up. Did you just third person us? Yeah. Second of all, this John Gant news is so devastating, because we don't even know really what's going on with him, that you're going to take Monday off just to recuperate? Yeah, I need to think about this. Wow. I need an extra day to think about what's going to happen now. Meet what you learn. Coming into today, I knew there were three things that were certain in life. Death taxes and a jack flaherty great winning performance on win day oh, and that man. is not freaking happening anymore hold on i'm man. tired of it play the they're playing the brewers they got info on him anthony they're playing for the postseason they're playing for the division i also learned what couth means couth couth couth, couth. couth? <laughs> spelled with a c okay, oh my it's god it's spelled c-o-u-t-h like hey. like couch Hey, Cow, Couth. Hey, let Anthony let Anthony give his because it's almost tubby time Sorry, for him. Be All right, thank you, Anthony. Guys. So, what did you what did you learn today? I appreciate you again. Son of Every a... damn day. Instant replays next on 101 ESPN. Have a great weekend. Go Couth Cardinals. Move. We'll see you on Monday, except for Ron, who's got to take the day off. Yeah. Fast I'm lane upset. on Monday. See ya.